started. Well, that's fine. <laughs> We're about three seconds off, I guess. God damn it! <laughs> um, hello, and what? I don't. <laughs> I'll try that again. Okay. No, it's all right. It's an abrupt way to start. It's an abrupt. Well, we just start with. Oh no, we're three seconds off. Yep. Cool. <laughs> it's episode thirty-one of the Transatlantic Theater Podcast. Uh, my name is Oscar Reese Freeman, and um, everybody else. Uh, first off, uh, I guess Marcos, introduce yourself. I've already said your name. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, I'm Marcos Rodriguez, uh, and this week we're having a guest with us, uh, Heinrich. Would you care to oh, introduce yourself? It's, it's not Heinrich. I'm so sorry. Heinrich. Henrik, Henrik, Henrik would you like to say Henrik. your name properly? Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, so actually, it's actually pronounced Enrique, but uh, usually, <laughs> like, but usually people, the the Henrik is difficult, so I say Henrik. So it's usually like Henrik. So full name is Henrik Vilhena. The way to properly pronounce it, Enrik Vilhena, but if you say Henrik Vilhena, that's fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, th- there we go. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the po- that's the podcast, everybody. See you, see you next week. <laughs> um, yeah, right. uh, just very quickly before we jump in, uh, I thought I'd talk about. Uh, I watched the first episode of. I'm like a couple weeks behind because it's coming out. It's like it's been out for a while now. But uh, I watched the first episode of The Bad Batch, also known as Clone Wars season eight. Um, <laughs> oh, that's what. She, yeah. that's what it is. Now I know what's going on. Okay, right. yeah. yeah, no, it's it's. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was a really good. No, premise. I've heard, yeah, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah. I've heard good things. I think you watch the Clone Wars. Huh? So I even watched the Clone Wars. Like at some point, like everyone tells me, I need to. Yeah. Yeah. The get... problem is, everybody says you need to watch them, but everyone doesn't uh, mention that like the first season is just like garbage. So it's like, <laughs> that's why I heard every, yeah, everybody like goes to watch it, and then they're like, oh, do I just jump into like season three when I know it's going to be good quality, and then watch season one and two like once once I have context and and appreciation for the show, or do I, I mean, just try and was soldier through? Made- yeah, I mean, all this stuff was made for kids, so, I mean, it could only be so good, I think, you know what I mean? Y- yes and no, because Clone Wars, <laughs> at some point, just stopped being a kid's show. That's what I'm saying, but yeah. the first season is, yeah. like... Oh, yeah, first season was... Kids, yeah, they were good. And uh, after they realized, oh, shit, our demographic isn't kids, it's actually yeah. people who are old enough to watch the movies. <laughs> and I feel like... Um... Yeah, people who really like the who grew up with the prequels who just kind of want to see more Clone Wars. Exactly. Um, and I think that was kind of maybe one of their missteps with Rebels is because Rebels felt really kiddy again. And it went from being like, that. I've seen a few, I saw it up to the point where Ahsoka dies and then uh-huh. I found out later that she doesn't actually die and I don't know how she doesn't die because she definitely died. Something about time travel, I think. Yeah, well, it's... Time travel in Star Wars. Yeah, time travel or something like that, or now another dimension thing. Because I, I wa- like, I was so confused because I started watching The Mandalorian, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. Ahsoka's there, and I was like, well, yeah, "Motherfucker died!" There. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Why shocking. is she here? And then I looked up afterward, and I was like, "Oh, apparently she came back at the end of Rebels somehow." But I didn't watch because basically Rebels was not a great show, and once Ahsoka was gone, I was like, "Well, it was the only character I cared about." <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, just to just to say this, uh, spoiler warning for all this stuff. Delay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if spoiler you haven't warning seen the Mandalorian or if you most seen of Star Rebels. Wars things, but uh, but yeah, Bad Batch was great. I think I think it's um, like, I I the entire time I was watching it, I thought to myself, um, this is just such a counter argument to like I remember a lot of time 
when I was younger or like when, especially when like the, the sequels started coming out, people said, uh, you can't like star Wars is such a, um, boring universe because the only thing you can, that, that you can focus on to make an interesting story is the Jedi. And I was like, uh-huh. this is such a perfect argument against that. Cause this is just about yeah. five fucking clones and that's it. And that's, you know, that, that, that's not even true. Like, because I remember like when I, when I was a kid, like my different phase in star Wars is like, there were different things I liked and mm-hmm. the Jedi were like the, the, were definitely not the thing I liked the most. I, I liked the most was the military part, of, like the, the actual wars yeah. part of it. I was like the 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 fleets in space and all the battles, yeah. like the original trilogy. That's why I I only started like enjoying more of the Jedi with the with the prequel trilogy, like because you get even more insight. And then I went yeah. back to the original. It's like oh, that's cool. Well, not to yeah. not to spoil much of it because I, I don't think it's that much of a spoiler, but it's just. Uh, that was an interesting thing that was an aspect of the Bad Batch episode one. Anyway, is they start delving into obviously the it's it's right it the series starts at the end of episode three, and so you're kind of like seeing the transition from the Republic to from order. The, what was yeah, it <laughs> from the Republic to the Order or to 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 the Empire? Um, so like they're like, well, we were clones like the army of the republic like now we're the army of the empire and like they're like kind of confused by it and they don't really know what the fuck's going on and they're like this is a bit weird (laughs) Uh and like and now they're you know suddenly any people that they have to fight aren't battle droids they're civilians who don't want an empire yeah and it's like really cool actually yeah yeah huh i thought it was a really interesting concept well, I was thinking about that when I was in the army, and uh, it mm-hmm. went from me, you know, essentially serving under Obama to serving under Trump. It was mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah, I got to deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing about the uh, the army, right? You have to you have to follow. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah you exactly. have to. You have to follow the country, so the administration of the country is. Uh, yeah. Is, Either yeah. that, or you could defect and go AWOL, but that's. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I was still, I was still argue that I still don't believe that uh, currently the United States is a, in, like the Galactic Empire yet. Yet, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't think it's. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet, unless you build a Death Star, of course. Yeah, or, uh, uh, give it time. Oh, well, we do actually we have our nukes. <laughs> yeah, but under Reagan, he had what was called the Death Star program, didn't he? Oh, uh, Star yeah, Wars. Operation. What, what? It was called Star Wars, but that yeah, Star Wars, yeah. It was but mostly was... like satellite stuff, wasn't it? Really... Yeah, exactly. It was like space race type stuff. Yeah, just with uh, yeah. It wasn't really building a star. I I know there was like during Obama there was a petition mm-hmm. to build a, a Death Star, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how like how serious people in, in the petition were, because you know, yeah, I, I can imagine the logistics of it. They they, they did yeah. present it to Obama, and he sort of laughed it off. Yeah, okay. It's, I don't think it's gonna really, really gonna happen. Yeah, but now we now we got the space force, guys. Now we got the. It's not a. The thing is, is people give it a lot of shit, but it's it's not a what? stupid idea. I mean, it kind of is. It's kind of stupid, but it's kind of not. I mean, just fund NASA. Okay, you can fund NASA. That's just exploration. But once once the technology to get to space becomes easy enough that it's accessible for you know a large amount of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I condone it. I just and the idea of like colonialism, but in space is a good idea. I'm just saying it makes sense for a government to be like, right, we're getting toward the point where technology might mean that we can go to other places in our system. 
um once the technology keeps progressing the way that it, uh, on par with the track record that's going right now why don't we get ahead of the curve and just start a fa- space force well see that's the thing. I is think that a massive waste of sure uh, yeah. yeah it's a massive waste of resources and it's way too premature it's like having a navy before boats really exist you know it's like well uh, the, the actually the, the whole concept of the space force is a bit too much hyped by quite a lot of the media because it's not exactly uh i don't know it depends what exactly what space force is but the current race is not really like ships shooting laser guns at each other <laughs> most of the stuff now is to replace the original communication systems with quantum quantum-based communication systems. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as in, everything is based on quantum cryptography, which means that every time an enemy is listening to you, you know 100% of the time. So it's like, the f- so this is what China is doing a, a race, and America is falling behind, and the UK is going after it with selling components for this. Uh, so it's like, it's... Uh, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna basically replace all GPS or even just for civilian civilian applications. So it's mostly a technological communications jump. Oh, but of course, cool. I don't know. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool like, if they start shooting laser guns. But I think <laughs> if they made a Death Star, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sort of a jump, like going from quantum communication Death Star, mm-hmm. and, and even like like it's not like we're not like are inhabiting another planet. Like if you build a Death Star, what are you gonna blow up because everyone else everyone including the enemy like stays on the same planet yeah, yeah we're gonna blow up the middle east that's all that's yeah. what we're gonna do because we're a American, big old crater <laughs> either that or north korea yeah what if oh man if north korea's got a got their hands on a death star first <laughs> no i doubt it <laughs> but now they can't even make like proper flying missiles still yeah but they keep trying even though we keep they, telling they keep them trying. please stop trying <laughs> Right, they keep like shooting shit over Japan, and it's like, dude. Yeah, they've gotten better at it. Yeah, they've gotten better at shooting the rockets or listening to us telling them to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your silence as a no. That's it's a a big deal, man. I think it's become like a global strategy debate. I'm thinking, oh, oh. Well, as uh, this is unfortunately not a global strategy debate. This is a, a movie podcast. Uh, and uh, which brings me yeah. to our film of today. Oh, um, we're hopping right into it. Actually, already? no. Before we hop in, <laughs> uh, Henrik, do you want to you know uh, say say a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you hear like sounds of ice, by the way, that I'm drinking a gin and tonic just now. So that sounds um, lovely. It's pretty nice outside. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, uh, I'm originally from Portugal. But I've lived uh, eight and a half years now in the UK. So the reason I, I was telling that thing about the quantum cryptography because of this, this is actually the area I work. So I, I work in innovation center where like I work in components, like doing technologies, like one of them being quantum uh, quantum communications, which is which is all right. It's fun and uh, yeah, and I've uh, met Oz. Oh, you know, in meetups, and I think it was like through our common also knowledge and interest in cinema, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's been okay, and I've, I've actually been enjoying like listening to you guys' podcasts. Oh, do you uh, actually listen to the podcast sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I do like films. I do like, yeah, I do like film noir a lot. Uh, and the, the, 
apparently this is why I'm here tonight. <laughs> tonight, what I mean today. And, uh, so it's been a long weekend. Uh, and uh, yes, I think that's just about. Yeah. Okay. But what else you want to know? Yeah. What else you want to learn about me? Um. I, 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 I think that was good. Yeah, that was... was good enough of an introduction. You know, yeah. just gave us a little bit of information about you. Um, Portugal to the UK, you said. Yeah. Why the UK of all places? <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's not. It is a bad uh, and I because I hear that question a lot. Like, why did you come here? Like, you left the sun for like rain. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. Coming me, like, oh, where are you from? L.A. Why would you leave the sun of L.A.? To... It rains a lot here. Did you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking well aware. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, the fact, yeah, I always get that one. Now, it's, at the time, uh, well, Portugal's still not, there's lots of stuff happening, so mm-hmm. my particular, like, area of expertise when I when I studied there wasn't really, there's not, not much in it in Portugal, and there's lots of it in UK, and I was like, at the time, I was just was doing the peak of the recession, I was sending CVs everywhere where I can find a job, and I found myself here. Also, I have some ancestry in Scotland, so when I first came to the UK, I went to live in Glasgow and did a PhD there. That was like felt really cool, and I went to see like my super distant cousins there, and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. There's obviously differences like to Portugal, namely the weather, but uh, it's uh, people are really really welcoming everywhere. I've lived uh, in uh, Scotland. Uh, in uh, Leeds as well in England and now and I've been two and a half years in Wales so uh, it's uh, yeah lots like everyone's really nice and I, I do like the pop culture it oh. is is a nice side of this I like just going around like the all, visiting all different parts of the UK and yeah it's good yeah which yeah, one I mean like... not to not to start controversy here on the podcast but out of what? the three countries Scotland England and Wales which is the best oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh i need to be careful there um yeah you might, no, you might I'm lo- lose a lot of friends in wales if uh all my friends if, if people listen to this you know <laughs> well by the way i think i i did get a small um like impression of of england because i was only there for six months okay but uh and also depends on the city because yeah. it depends more on the city than the place so i think it depends yeah, I'm going to be diplomatic and I say I like <laughs> all of them are somewhat different. But there are similarities, but uh, I don't think terms, in terms of countries, I think in terms of cities. So Glasgow is amazing, really, really fun, very, very, very welcoming people, very rich culture, uh, and amazing sights there. And the city in Glasgow, people think it has a bad reputation, but it's it's so nice to live in. It's a really, really lovely place to live in, actually, very comfortable city. It's just the weather is very challenging and they, yeah they say that a lot Leeds is fun if you're a uni student which I wasn't at the time but it's the one of the best nightlifes I've, I've seen in all the cities I've been really? to it's amazing nightlife but it's very hardcore as in if you're a uni student it's, it's really fun but uh, well it depends some people professionals live not maybe not in Leeds city centre or in Headingley where I live any mm-hmm. close to the students they live just outside and uh and Cardiff, it's uh, the best thing I like. It's just the landscapes and being close to the sea and the, the culture yeah. being so close to the sea. That's similar to my Portuguese culture. But yeah, yeah all of them are like good things and bad things, but that's everywhere, I think. Yeah. That's very diplomatic. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's been eight years of practice of being diplomatic yeah. to everyone because so don't get anyone's issues. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like in Scotland, they would tell me, like, ah, oh, you know, I live in England. I. Uh, 
And I was like, well, you know, never know. And then when I was in England, if people tell me, like, ah, it's nice, it's nice, good, it's not as good as Scotland. It's like, well, you know, and then English be like, oh, you know, Scotland, they get a bit, like, competitive with the whole fleets and all that. Yeah, there's a whole thing, so I just stay out of it and say, and, yeah. and, and it's true, I do enjoy all these places. Mm-hmm. I always tell I people like... that my, my father ingrained too much Welsh in me so that when I, I get over the seven bridge and I just like hit a wall and I can't go any further, like I hit that sign that says welcome to we- oh, welcome to England and I'm like, oh, for some reason I can't go forward anymore. That How strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like in, uh, in the United States, like the, the country could be divided up into like, I don't know, four or five parts where you have like the West Coast, which is just entirely the West Coast. That's their thing. Then you have uh, the north up here, which is everything above, like the Virginias, like New York, Ohio, and all those kinds of, like, you know, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, those states. Then you have the south, which is obviously things like Florida, and then, you know, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Virginia. Then you have Texas, which is just its own thing. Yeah. And then okay. the Midwest, and that's like it. Okay, I would say it's West Coast, um, Texas, Midwest... <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rust Belt area, I would count Rust as a belt, I've never, yeah, yeah, like a Great Lakes area. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That, that's yeah. So like Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, uh, yeah. Illinois, that kind of area. Um, yeah. The Northeast, uh, which is essentially the East Coast, um, mm-hmm. but the Northeast and the South, and probably yeah. also Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's about it. Like if. You travel between those areas and you get dramatically different different people with different yeah. opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's like that everywhere. Even in Portugal it's so small. You get mm-hmm. you, you definitely see a diff- cultural difference between different mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Which I mean okay, even, I think. even Wales itself has is yeah. like that. I mean people people yeah. don't think that it's legitimately a thing, but I, I yesterday I was in Camarthen and most people I heard randomly like eavesdropping were speaking Welsh. Just because oh. that's that is a thing in West Wales, like in deep West Wales, um, uh-huh. but like especially because the majority of the population of Wales, or like a the biggest concentration of the population is in the southeast, uh, in like Cardiff, Newport, uh, Bridgend, Patalbot area. Like everyone assumes because nobody there can really speak, like Welsh is such a low percentage of language spoken here. People don't think it's uh-huh. not really spoken. And then you go to like a small village in West Wales, and that's all that people are speaking. I mean, I'm surprised how many people I've met that speak Welsh. <laughs> like, how, how many other than um, my father? And I guess, in yeah, fact... then, then the large amount of people that you've probably met through my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and my, yeah, so good. My experience is definitely more than in Scotland. In Scotland, is like they all like talk about independence and stuff, but. Like I've never met anyone in Scotland who who spoke Gaelic. But if you go like to the oh, really? islands and stuff, yeah, or the upper islands or the Isles, yeah, you you meet a few of them. But when I came to Wales, like oh, actually a fair amount of people actually speak like yeah. commonly. Like I've been on on a walk and I hear on a I don't know on a bookshop or something and I hear people next to me speaking Welsh to each other. But that yeah, never happens in Glasgow. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. I always feel like there's such a like. You feel closer to your culture when you can actually speak the language of your ancestors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I, I, I feel to an extent with uh, me trying to learn Welsh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, the, the, but, yeah, it's all good. 
the funny thing else, Scotland, just I just read it, is, is that because the the whole land nationalist thing, it depends on so many things, and quite a lot of Scottish nationalism is actually from the 19th century, not so much from like I know from Braveheart era, as many people think. So, <laughs> so the Scottish accent is one of the one of the greatest pride of like they're really really oh, proud yeah. of it. Yeah, and the Scottish, the, the sorry, the Scottish um, accent, especially the Gaelic accent, is mostly Germanic. Like all the inflections they do, it's yeah. quite a lot of the influence comes from Germanic, which is completely miles away from the Celtic origins of. I wouldn't Gaelic. say that it, it you're more Scandinavian than Germanic. Uh, it, it, that's more if you're on the east coast of Scotland or okay. in like in the people from the Shetland. Like if yeah, yeah, I feel like people from the Isles and Shetlands and stuff, they they definitely. You, I thought there was one guy. I thought he was from Norwegian because for his accent. Yeah, and you can see that. That's quite amazing. And but... He was like, "No, I'm from the Shetlands." <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much like that. It, it didn't sound Scottish at all. But yeah. then Glasgow is very, very like uh, apparently German. I, I'm not an expert, but yeah. quite a lot of inflections they do. It comes really from the original Germanic yeah. language. So they cannot say, "Oh, that." You can definitely say that the whole Scotland nation is also a mix of things. It's not just fully yeah. uh, Celtic in well, their case. Well, I, I find though. it I find it interesting that like when you think about if you once you learn Welsh phonetics, the Welsh accent suddenly makes sense. You're like, oh, it's just this is how you would say everything in Welsh if you were speak, but you're speaking English. Uh-huh. Like, and you go, yeah, oh, yeah. that's why that accent came about. It's just it, it's it's literally it's the same accent as if somebody else was learning a second language but because over time it became their first language but they everyone around them had that accent they just ended up with that accent <laughs> yeah it, yeah it very much i much i much feel like the sound of of uh, of welsh in the welsh accent yeah that's true okay I, so yeah. here's a question mm-hmm. um so in america we Whenever we hear someone with a southern accent, we automatically think, oh, God, they're idiots. So what's the accent that you guys think that automatically for? Uh, I'll, uh, I love these sort of questions. So I'd love to hear the Portuguese version of this. <laughs> what's yeah, the Portuguese I really like accent the where you're like, oh, fuck, this guy? <laughs> uh, I don't know, because this is going live. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I mean... If my friends like, listen to this. 20, 22, 30... Okay, cool. I'll cut it out. Go. <laughs> uh, no, I think... Um, well, it depends. So, yeah, when... You, it's a difficult question because sometimes, at some point, it was seen as sort of... Especially from Lisbon people, because we're not, you know, Lisbon, we're the capital, mm-hmm. we're urban, and every, everything else outside there was like, yeah, they're all... And civilized, and then <laughs> lots of people responded, and they, as rightly they should, like, yeah, yeah, fuck off, guys, listen, we're also so. Uh, I had a friend from Alentejo would be very in, like, into that, and you just be proud of his Alentejo accent. That's the area just out, just south of the Tagus, but mm-hmm. not to Algar- between Algarve and, and the Lisbon and the center. So that was one, that was the area that we used to tell lots of jokes about <laughs> uh, back in the day, and uh. But then they also like did quite a lot of stuff for their culture, and usually northern accent is said to be sometimes yes, sometimes northern northern accents are said to be typically like country, not so much Porto, but outside of Porto, and also Porto accents is also seen to be like sort of a rough accent, like oh they just like to fight and drink and <laughs> and yeah, and then they're like oh yeah that's our culture and pride. Anyways, anyways, I, I probably just offended enough people right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you didn't say that they were. You just said are seen as. 
but you also yeah. mentioned that you know the, depending on the region you're in is where you think the accent is done well yeah yeah and and also but to be fair when it comes to Porto actually actually proud of that when they are they are proud that of being a rough that's city rough. yeah, that's yeah. A rough one. yeah fair enough so I'll, I'll offend people and say that uh in Wales it's definitely the valleys the valleys <laughs> yeah really oh yeah 100 percent 100 percent I think so. I, I would I based on my understanding of the culture of living here for as long as I have, um, the valleys is like considered, like you're just kind of you know, common as muck accent. <laughs> Man. Do you not agree? Yeah, I, I haven't had that impression from you. I've like. Again, because I feel the same feeling as in it's seen as that, but then the people from the valleys then just make it a point of pride. But oh, then, yeah. yeah, I think it's funny the uh, the southern the southerners here, they know that everybody automatically thinks they're idiots, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're just whatever about it. But it, it is funny because I've spoken to some of the people who are naturally from uh, who were born and raised here and everything. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, they always think we're just fucking idiots the second they hear our accent. <laughs> Mm. but I've met plenty of people who aren't, you know, I mean, these are just yeah. silly stereotypes. We all try yeah. to find reasons I'd, to be better. Okay. Than the if I could also <laughs> correct, um, I think another one would from Wales would be people maybe from like Neath Patalbot area. Mm. Also pretty, probably have a bad rap, which is funny because oh. uh, Patalbot's where fucking Anthony Hopkins from, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. yeah. Anthony Hopkins yeah. from Patalbot. He doesn't sound like it though. He doesn't go like, you know, He's sounding more now like, as he's getting old, man. How's it going? <laughs> the thing is, he's getting older. If you like look at his Instagram, it's, it's really funny. His Instagram, he puts the stuff up, and he's yeah, like, that, yeah. <laughs> he comes out more now as he as that's like a typical like people. Sometimes many people as they get older, yeah, their older accents come up. Didn't he? Mo- I thought he moved back because that was wasn't that a controversy about the Oscars as well? Did he? Um, let's see. Why would that be a controversy? Uh, because they told him to win his award, he or that he'd have to show up to the ceremony, and he was like, uh, "Nope," um, because it's, um, you know, there's a fucking pandemic, and I'm yeah, old, and I live in Wales, of... and they were like, "Okay, yeah, well, you'd have to go to London or Dublin to like one of our studios to like, you know, record yourself." And he was like, "No, I'll just do a Zoom call." They're like, "No, no, no, you have to go to London or Dublin." He's like, "So you want me to either take a train?" Or, or like get to London in a big city during a pandemic, or take a flight to a big city in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid as hell. Yeah. If I can just not do a Zoom brain. call. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um. Yeah, I'm not seeing. It doesn't. Oh shit. Ah, sorry. Hold on. Give me. Give me two seconds. God damn it, Reese. Your phone's supposed to be off during a podcast. <laughs> Hello. But- Hey, uh, I, I'm doing the podcast right now. Is it okay if I call you back? Okay, cool. Talk to you later. Bye. That was my was... brother, sorry. <laughs> I would say that back again, now that I think of it. Yeah, the, the characteristic in Portugal, like the, the character, like hillbilly stuff accent would be, yeah, northern, <laughs> northeastern Portugal. That's... That's the one that everyone refers to. Even like as when you like with your your, your friends from Lisbon and it's just like cracking jokes and pretending you're from the countryside, he always goes to that area for some reason. But again, <laughs> everyone I've met from that area is like they're really lovely. It's like mm-hmm. 
and they, they're really lucky because the only part of of Portugal that consistently gets snow in the winter. So I, it's uh, like rather than being the rest of the country, just like the, just a very wet, almost like UK winter all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've met some really beautifully kind, dumb people, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right, Reese, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I'm actually, oh, okay. I'm, like... I'm reading through to uh, see where Anthony Al- Anthony Alkin lives. Um, <laughs> trying to stalk the I, man. I, I can't. It's not telling me. It says that he's li- he's moved back, but it's not really saying if he's back in Batalbit or not. But uh, uh-huh. well, they probably don't want to say so exactly where the hell he's at. It's, per- it's yeah. like private information. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Entitled to go there and stalk him in his exactly. house. There's, sure there's just. Oh no, this is. Yeah, they like. Yeah, they, they just. They, he's, he says that he's back in Ooh. Wales, and apparently it's only recently. It's only, uh, um, only back in April of this year that he's said that he moved back. It seems. I guess. And some people even said, "Did you move back to uh, vote Plaid Cymru?" <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But I guess that's what you Welshmen do, huh? Yeah, you, you go out, you spread your. Seed, you come back, and there you go. Wow. Okay do. then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, fucking Martin Martin Sheen's talked about that a lot of like how he. It's he an felt... idea of, of uh. Hmm. Of what? Hmm? What was that, Henry? So there's a bit there's a bit of delay there. Oh, yeah, I was saying. No, I was just I was just saying that. Yeah. Some lots of people I know like that have been living in different places around the world at some point. Just went mm-hmm. back to Portugal and like, yeah, I know it's a bit, a bit step back in my career, but I'll be, I've I've done enough. I've got enough like uh, uh, done enough outside and uh, done enough in my career, and now I'm uh, uh, yeah, just want to be the rest of, like with my family the rest of my life. It's uh, I can understand him going back. It's actually quite adorable for him, like as an old man. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Also, there's gonna be a weird sound in the middle of the uh, <laughs> of the podcast. Because <laughs> there was uh, on the uh, article I was trying to read for Anthony Hopkins, there was an ad started playing. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and since um, it's recording desktop audio, that's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. Yeah. Uh, um, with uh, with Mark, Mark, Mike, Mike, uh, Michael Martin Sheen? Sheen. No, not Martin Sheen. Michael Sheen. Michael oh. Sheen. Uh, Michael Sheen was talking about how, like, you know, when he when he grew up, he he's also from Neath Patel. He's from Patel, but I believe as well. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a lot of talent coming out of Patalbot. Because uh, even um, Richard Burton is from Patalbot area. He's not from yeah, Patalbot. Tim Burton's brother? Huh? I hate you so much. <laughs> I, I, let me see. R- Richard Burton, he's from a town that I don't know how to say, but it's so fucking ridiculously long, it's hilarious. Pontredeven. What? Did you say that correctly? Yeah, Pontredeven. Oh, what yeah. does that mean? Uh, bridge over the Ridevent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, cool. It, you know, That's so cool. So, bridge in, in Welsh is is pon. Yeah. So, a lot of words in Welsh uh, for construction stuff, for like buildings, uh, are the um, Latin words because basically, in the nicest way possible, the Romans showed up and started building things that the Welsh just hadn't been doing yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really uh, cool. Well, well, the Romans did lots of stuff that no one else that was there was doing. Yeah. But... So yeah, bridge is pont. Um, church is uh, eglois in Welsh, 
Um, oh, and, place like Ecclesia, yeah. yeah. And then um, Windows is um, it's Fen Fenest. That's it. Fenest. It's, it's the the problem is same with like Eg uh, Eglois. Is I'm trying to like not remember the French word because they're so similar. <laughs> yeah. Because I was about to say the Welsh word for window is fenêtre, and I was like, no, that sounds way too French. That's definitely not it. <laughs> but you can see how those are similar: fenêtre and fenest. They're 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 basically the same. You know, they have the speaking, same root speaking of, uh, or cause. Like languages and shit. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was uh, speaking to Shannon the other day. You remember Shannon? Reese? Yeah. Uh, who cares about name dropping? I'm sure. I no think you mentioned go. Shannon before in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, how much uh, Korean is she at now? <laughs> Well, she's she's going for her master's. Wow. She's actually okay. Going, dude, she's she's going to be a uh an English teacher in for Korea. that language, yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be in Korea, but you know. She could teach foreign students, you know, who yeah. come to the United States. So she could do a lot with that. But that isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. It's, you know. it's insane. I don't know, I just could never imagine doing that shit, man. I wish I could be better with learning other languages well what I'm you need to like, do is no, be really into bts it. and then bts <laughs> yeah. that? oh it's a korean you've not you don't know about bts song. what no oh it's it's a it's a korean boy band that's really popular oh is it yeah <laughs> yeah k-pop man it's, it's 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 really big k-pop's really yeah it is unfortunately. Uh, what? that's not unfortunate man everybody has their own thing and they're they're pretty well court you ever watched like some of their shit yeah, I, I saw. I lived through the nineties well, and the early two thousands. I don't need that to come back. No. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's well done. It's well done. I don't. I think it's weird when corporations own things like that, though. But yeah, no, that's the. Weird it's well too, done. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, you like baby me. metal? Same shit. I think baby metal's funny, and they've got one good song, and that's it. <laughs> one good you're song. Only, yeah. You're only like what twenty five. Also, it's like, yeah, it's like, you can't just say, like, oh, it's not all the kids these days with their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 26, actually. 26, yeah. Oh, that makes it, yeah. Yeah, now I'm yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I, did I tell you I got basically told that I was, in minced words, I got for the first time in my life, you're old. Hmm. <laughs> really? the cashier at, uh, at Tesco. <laughs> what were they, um, like, 18? It was, like, he was, like, 18 or 17 years old. Um, and for, first off, I'm going shopping at like 10 p.m., right? Uh -huh. And he's like, so you got much planned after this? And I was like, or no, so, so what are you going to be uh, doing with the rest of your evening? And I was like, what am I going to be doing with the rest of my evening? And he was like, yeah. I was like, it's 10 p.m. I'm going to go home, put my groceries away, and sleep. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, I mean, yeah, you, you know. And I was, like, uh, I was like, I mean, maybe if I have some time... I'll play. Uh, I'll play some video games. He was like, "Oh, what are you? What are you gonna play? Anything fun?" And I was like, "Oh, do you um, do you remember that game Mass Effect? They just released a, a remastered version." And he was like, "Mass Effect?" I was like, "Yeah, it's from like I think the first one, two thousand six. He went, "Ah, before my time then." <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was I just was, like, oh, "Let me think." Well, yeah, eighteen-year-olds like... would be two thousand three now. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. he would have been. Yeah. Like I said that to my six? friend last year. Because uh, I was like, hey, all the 18 year olds in porn now were born in 2002. Dude, don't <laughs> say that shit. That feels so weird. <laughs> it does That's feel hilarious. weird. It's, it's weird. It, make, it makes me feel not good now. 
It's like you have to go into porn and specifically yeah. put in uh, all porn made. All like porn two, made uh, before, in between. 2010. Yeah, and that's, 2010. that's nothing newer than 2010. Although that being said, Sasha Gray still looks fucking phenomenal. She, yeah, yeah, she does. Did you know she has a gaming channel? Yeah, she has a gaming channel. I think she does. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, she has. Yeah, she has a gaming channel. I haven't watched any of it. I follow her on Instagram, but like, still, she just looks like she's just having fun, having a good time. She used to do like DJ stuff as well for a little bit. So I think. I mean, out of all uh, the the people who got out of the industry, I think yeah. she's probably the most successful one to get out the industry. Mm, yeah, she got I mean, out of it. Yeah, she got out of it. What? Yeah, like yeah. years ago. Yeah. A long time ago, yeah, long she time started ago. doing hostessing jobs. Like she was on G four. She's yeah. always been involved in the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know. Like, she, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. So it's like I don't, I don't know, man. She got out of it a long time ago. But yeah, I, I just look at her. I'm like, she hasn't aged. That's dude. She really has. Fucking lovely. Like, I would, just I would great. still be down. Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, so, you know, so I don't feel old enough yet that like I see a picture of you know Sasha Gray and I'm just like, oh. Uh, <laughs> remember remember the good old days mm-hmm. so at least yeah. i still have that yeah uh yeah. let's see but anyhow yeah if he was 18 years old and this was this year then he was at best four years old when mass effect one came out i'm still having trouble coping processing with that, that no no processing the fact that in three years i'll be 30 it just does not feel like that yeah Oh, I apologize. It's 2007. It was. Oh, you, oh, you young man. I'm, I'm gonna be 40 this year. I can't oh, even wow, imagine really? that. Yeah. You know, from when uh, the video, uh, when we had the video call, I could not tell that. I thought you were a little younger. Yeah, no, just like Sasha Gray. You know, I get that. All <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. the whiskey. The whiskey keeps me going. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I can't believe that, and uh, I've, I've, I have to organize a party, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys can now, what's uh, what's going on down there? Um, oh, <laughs> big it's, subject now. It's a it's a little <laughs> bit uh, easing now. Um, yeah, things are a little bit more chilled and relaxed um, mm. to an extent. Um, I mean, you can you can meet up with other households outdoors for like, and it doesn't really matter. I think the group size indoors it has to be six people max from three different households. Um, oh, okay all right so you're where the united states was about a year ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i mean even infection rates i mean they, in the thing is i i hate it because i look at like all the time and like it'll be like oh the rates of infection are are, are skyrocketing and then i'm like and then i i look and i'm like oh in england and wales everything's still fine <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah that's so weird they do things like separately like that huh? yeah but the thing is, yeah. is the the media doesn't really distinguish those yeah two no things. They, they just they cover say, over like the big place yeah it's like if uh it's like if the south was getting nothing but the news from new york yeah weird. exactly yeah it would make no what? sense yeah so good i was making a dent to that because this okay. is where I, probably oz oz you know you know like i have been a bit pissed off last few few days yeah. Do you know the stuff, the story about Portugal? I've heard yeah, that that's it's been a big similar shock. stuff has happened again from last time, where they're kind of generalizing, aren't they? Oh no, no, actually, it's different. This is actually worse. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen because there are people in Portugal really, really angry at this okay. because now it's coming more too many coincidences, as in, so Portugal is on a green list and then it's got taken out of the green list, even though the evidence, so-called 
Levens for that. He's very flimsy. And mm. many people say, yeah, this times it very well with the Champions League final happening and being two English teams. So basically, Portugal's put a green list. Then, oh, Champions League final is going to be with uh, Manchester, Manchester City and Chelsea in Porto. Then the restrictions were lifted there. Then 18,000 or something fans, English fans, flew there. And of course, some of them did some silly stuff, like fighting the police, yeah. uh, getting in fights into that. And then they flew back. And almost likely to the day or the day after the final, Boris Johnson came and said, oh, by the way, some of the, the, the Green List countries might go back to Amber. And then Portugal, the only one on, I think it's the only one in Southern Europe that was on the Green List. And it was the only one that was downgraded back to back hmm. to the uh, Amber list. So even people, loads of people, even criticizing the Portuguese government, like, yeah, how do you guys allow this to happen? Because this is, is way too shady stuff. Oh, there's a, now airports are full of British tourists, which were they, t- they were encouraged to go there. And now, yeah. oh, yeah, f- yeah. Now if you go there, you have to quarantine for 10 days and, and pay three PCR tests. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so. Sounds- fucking stupid which i don't know why they have to pay for the test considering aren't we supposed to be getting them for free now like what happened to that i don't know i well, i have to pay at least one but uh, yeah it, i don't know it, it's and they and they actually they're actually discouraging people for going but i'm like yeah i'm going in i don't care yeah. the money i would be spending in uh, pubs and, and stuff in the local economy which i think <laughs> would help uh i will spend pcr tests and uh, i don't care and i'll just Boast about it on social media. Just post because it it's it, the the like the sad thing, and that's yeah. the thing. Lots of people are saying this. This is not just about. First of all, it is a bit creepy that you're just now describing international travel as a as a privilege. Mm-hmm. But quite a lot of it has to do with people like myself. I'm not speaking of myself. People uh, wanting to see their families. Yeah. Because uh, there's uh, people have not seen their parents in in a year, more than a year, and yeah. because the. I, my job I can do I can after the I can do a quarantine afterwards, but some people can't right they can't mm-hmm. do, they can't quarantine yeah. so it's it's not just like I'm not going into a uh, what's it called a stag do in in Algarve right I'm just going to see my sisters my and my parents it's it's a it's a bit and when they show evidence at this point you know the CDC there in the states says one thing. Scientific papers say another one. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Fauci says another one, and uh, the the Center for like Disease Control in Europe says another thing, and Boris Johnson says another one. And people are like, oh, you need to follow the what what the people say. It's like, oh, which one? Like, just can I just flip a coin and just decide which one's version of what? Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a whole. I don't want to get too into the politics of it. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> crazy show. Oh, yeah, it really is. Like just recently, I heard something. I'll just this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Okay. But um, just recently, I've been seeing some, uh, some, I guess, really hardcore Trump supporters uh, talking about uh, some some of Fauci's emails that got released recently. I've Reese, have you seen heard some of this about. Yeah. yeah, they're taking what was released and twisting it around so hard. So essentially, what was uncovered is that Fauci said that it is possible that this virus was manufactured in a lab yeah he said that in an email saying that it was possible mm. and you know what happens when people hear when someone says it's possible they automatically take it and they're like nope it happened so yeah. they're saying that fauci knew it was manufactured in a lab in china and they released it and there's all these crazy conspiracy <laughs> theories and all that yeah. shit but it's just been like it's ridiculous what some people will do because they they believe so hardcore into something 
uh, like like Trump, for example. Yeah. Just because he says, oh, don't trust them, all of a sudden all these freaking people just start coming up with crazy shit that they could justify that. It's just yeah, but you, but you, you will agree that if there was some transparency, then those people wouldn't have a voice. That's, that's my thing, because mm-hmm. like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means, but mm-hmm. like the whole thing now is like lots of people like come to me like, oh, I'm not taking the vaccine, because why should I take? Because they're not opening up anything. I mean, they're mm-hmm. talking about delaying the opening, and the travel is still as restricted. It's more restricted actually than last year. Oh, wow. So at some point, any any layperson will think, yeah, why why am I why should I take the vaccines? Because if you just read the media, it's almost like yeah, it's almost like the media just makes made so much stuff about uh, the vaccines, what you call the the blood clots and all. It's like oh, am I am I risking uh, a blood clot? The, the so that everything just stays the same. I'm not well, mm-hmm. and I tell them no, actually they do work. Uh-huh. And that's the, that's the scary thing. Like they they do work, so I also understand why they're not easing as much as they should for for some things, uh-huh. because effectively what they if if they just say everything stays back the same, then I mean I'm, I took the vaccine, but it is annoying that today, yeah we're taking the vaccine and we're just being told yeah vaccines will give us freedom, and then ah no nah, we're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a bit messed up, but it's been a little bit of a different story here in the states. Uh, we have yeah, been, different. Yeah, yeah, we have been opening up a lot, but for places that are telling you one thing and then automatically do another, that's that's messed up. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing that. The problem, the, yeah. the main problem here is uh, the we don't have like a Dr. Fauci type in a sense, even though yeah, yeah, I think he's fucked up in terms of like not you know being open and, as open as and honest as he should have been. Um, I mean, you gotta keep a lot of secret. To yeah, to yeah, to yeah. an extent. Um, yeah, to but extent. I think over here the main problem is, I mean, are the two big mouthpieces of of all of the of this whole thing has been Boris Johnson and Matt Han- Hancock, who. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Yeah. If you had to find the two most incompetent looking people <laughs> who look like and every time they have to read some statement of medical like advice sound the least uh-huh. sure of themselves as they read it. Oh, no. like that. That's why oh. I think over here there's so much anger toward the lockdowns and stuff like that in is in terms of like uh-huh. like I, I trust, you know, uh, medical and science individuals. But then yeah. Matt Hancock reads it out and I go. I don't, why would I want to believe anything he says? <laughs> Dude, that's like, uh, that reminds me of the Bush administration around uh, 9-11 yeah. when he was getting questioned and he was just like, you uh, can yeah, tell yeah, this man was yeah, reading uh, yeah. from a fucking script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the main problem I think with the UK in terms of, because even when things, you know, uh, if, if something bad happens or something easing up or this, 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 it's just, it's being fed to us by incredibly incompetent people who are not fit for purpose and not fit for the job and are there to just make easy who thought they were there to make easy money and make their friends money and accidentally got handed a pandemic <laughs> it's, it's not it's not just i don't think it's not just like they were like just easy money it's like some people just go into government and generally believe like they're going to do something you know mm-hmm. but, you know just because like Boris johnson just because he writes a a book about Churchill doesn't mean he's Churchill, but I th- actually think he, he believes he's Churchill. But, you know, there's one thing that Winston Churchill never did was just backtrack 20 times within one year on policy, right? Yeah. There's a famous quote from Churchill from like Suez Crisis where he said, they asked him like, what do, we, what do we have done if you're there? Like, I don't know if I've done it. If I've done it, I'll carry it out to the end because the worst thing than not doing something is doing something like, oh, I don't know, and just backtracking on everything. And 
I mean, there was like literally 10, 10 plus reversals on mask policy up until yeah. June last year. Oh, wow. right? And that doesn't give people like credibility over over anything. Yeah. And you lose confidence in the people who are running your country too like that. Yeah. So, Even great. did it like when he was talking like, oh, you must stay home. But if you know, remember that story, like you must stay home. But if you don't, if you can't stay home, don't stay home. But you did. And then like there's there a comedian like who made fun of like, well, you must do this. But if you don't want to do this, don't do it. But if you do, but you need to do it. And uh, but you, <laughs> if you can't do it, just don't do it. But you need to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. It does sound like a like a stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, and yeah, he really is just a stand-up because he just, you know, he he's like bored of his sentence as he, he's in the middle of saying it. Is what he sounds like constantly. Oh yeah. Uh, make sure to stay home. Uh, uh, don't uh, don't uh, intermingle households. Uh, yeah. And like he's that's literally that's not me trying to think of him like like things to make fun of him saying. That's how many pauses and ums and ahs that he does. Oh my gosh, that's like a that's like Biden now, but um yeah, but Biden, that... it's like it, somebody all somebody has to get because I used to sit, be like, oh, Biden doesn't really sound that confident when he speaks, and somebody was like, oh, it's because he used to have a stutter, and I was like, oh, okay, that, I'm, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I've found out recently too yeah. is that he actually does have a speech impediment. Yeah, he has so a speech impediment. I do impediment. look at that. I do look at that in a different light, but without yeah. that knowledge, it was like, wow, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he yeah he has a he has a speech impediment that he overcame, and then people still have uh-huh. been to him for it. I'm like, that's messed up. Boris Johnson um, is a rich boy <laughs> who went to Eton and for some reason yeah. still doesn't know how to fucking speak. <laughs> or comb his to... hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to personalize, of course, because also I don't want to go into deep politics because I like to like look at the bigger picture. But my mm-hmm. view is like Winston Churchill had a very like as a speech impediment. Like he yeah. wouldn't say his speeches like Richard Burton. And yet, when like when the Nazis were here, I'm like, yeah, I think he means shit. Like yeah, it's actually meaning that they're not going to surrender, so it's not going to be as easy. So that's that's the thing. It's more of a, it's not even a, a Boris Johnson or a Biden problem. Is it's an institutional problem. Like we just need a better generation of politicians. Mm, and, yes, yes. Not just because the next generation will be good, but we need, uh, like sort of like, yeah, just a new round of politicians that can are able to deal with this stuff. Because most of these people, you can see, they're not clearly not really like other. They didn't have it in them just to deal with this sort of mm. crisis. And at some point, for the people like the rest of us just trying to look our lives, it's just, it is just too easy for them just to put the whole, the, the onus is just, I'll stay home. That's easy. Okay. So all responsibilities with the people. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Most people like after hard work, hard lives to do, they have the mental and the physical health to take care of. Right. They can't just make these decisions. You're supposed to. That's why we pay taxes. That's why we yeah. elect them. So they make these difficult decisions. Yeah. That makes sense. So, enough politics. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk start about talking movies. about the movie 15 minutes yeah. into the podcast. Hey, 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 we needed to have some banter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just banter in it. So, what do you guys think about it? Because I oh, think none of Let's, you guys seen since, it before. Uh, since it's, it's your movie, since it's the movie that you uh, kind of recommended, uh, in a sense, um, would you like to introduce the film? And say, give it a little brief synopsis, and then we'll jump in. Okay. Uh, okay. So the movie, well, you recommended is like me and me and Oz was just having a chat about, and I was talking about this movie. I was like, oh, Oz was like, oh, this is an interesting film. So he went to watch it, and then he thought of putting it in the podcast. So the movie is Asphalt Jungle, 1950 film by John Huston. 
which is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first, if not the first heist movie, as in the movie structure is based on just showing the whole beginning, middle, and end of a heist, mm-hmm. which in the classic Hollywood films, they, they, they not always go well. Or heist films not always go well. And then uh, it's also the one of the first appearances in a movie by Melanie Monroe. Yeah, she looks one... really Oh, that young. was her, huh? Yeah, it was one of the first films of her. And uh, what else is that? Uh, yeah, it's it's like typical John Huston film where he just changes it. It's is a uh, format a bit, and uh, is well, we can talk. There's lots of things, but it's lots of uh, like huge selection of actors, and it's not not a specific main actor, main yeah. like main character. There's a whole selection of like there's James Co- uh, James Whitmore, sorry James Whitmore, uh, Sterling Hayden. Uh, Louis Calvin, uh, lots of like nice selection of actors, and uh, I think it's one of the really, one of the best noir movies out there. It's quite underrated, but mm. even it's not just gigantic as in Maltese Falcon or Big Sleep. It is you can clearly see that's one of the influences of like later ice movies like Heat and oh, such. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It was it was interesting because obviously you said that it's it's probably one of the first, if not the first, heist films, and I was like, it's still exi- like to this day they are just still this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, with a little less, um, I guess, like a because it does still feel very noir. So with yeah. a little less noir. Yeah, and a little bit more uh, spectacle is yeah. what heist movies are today. Yeah, because this movie, like the heist itself, was not like spectacular to use kind of like no. the same. It, was, it doesn't go. It was great, suspenseful. It was super it suspenseful. Gl- yeah. yeah. I, I like the fact. I think I think in the sixties, mm-hmm. heist movies glamorized the whole heist thing. You know, with that yeah. Italian job and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one. This one doesn't, so that's why, like, Heat, even though it's spectacular, it doesn't really glamorize the, the heist thing, so yeah. he, Heat builds up very much as, like, sort of a direct descendant of this film, which I like. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that either. I, so. don't, I don't like Heat at all. <laughs> what? You know? I think it's such a shit film. Oh, no. Are you a fan uh, of heist movies at all, Wow. Right? It's, huh? Are you a fan of heist movies at so... all? So... Let's start with not really. <laughs> um, okay. I don't like, but that's not the reason I don't like Heat. There's a li- uh, uh, a list of reasons I don't like Heat. Um, <laughs> but uh, heist movies are a bit like they're really hit or miss for me. Um, I think it really falls down on whether or not the characters are fun, uh, because I don't care about the heist in the end. I care. I, uh, the characters have to be engaging and entertaining enough that when they're doing the heist, I want to. I'm rooting for them. You know, okay, that um, makes sense. You like the Italian job, then? Yeah, I like the Italian yeah. job, and I like Ocean's Eleven. And to be honest, I couldn't. I don't think I could name another heist movie that I like. Uh, the only other heist themed thing that I like is that heist episode of Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> which, to be honest, I was just upset this movie didn't have somebody saying, "You son of a bitch, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yours, you like the glamorous, the more glamorous ice films no i like them because i the thing i like about the italian job is how and i think this job what what this movie did that was good which is like you said there's not really a main character it gave everybody enough time to really shine so that by the time they got to the heist i was like okay i care that that all of you make it yeah well, the oceans movie do that well yeah but you mean like this film specifically 
yeah like this film this film specifically did a good job of like i I really liked the driver character he was probably my favorite the getaway driver was probably my favorite um i just Uh, thought he was like yeah i just just thought he was like cool you know like especially like him just like not giving a shit about the cops when they first came into his fucking like little cafe (laughs) um and james whitmore does a really good thing i hadn't seen at the end when he's having a go at the guy oh yeah that was great yeah um yeah i liked the squealer i liked the cop that like came into this place and was just like i don't know what you're talking about i've never been the here dirty <laughs> yeah the dirty cop who like just seems so uninterested in everything you said yeah. um i'd say the biggest uh kind of weak point for me for the film was the heavy character i thought he which is strange because in the two other movies i know him from he does a fucking great job so why he did a bad job in this one i really don't know I mean, still hidden. Yeah. Because, like, Dr. Strangelove, he's on the ball perfectly the entire time. And in The Godfather, he plays that... Granted, yeah. he's in, like, three scenes, if 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 that. He's probably two or three scenes. Maybe, like, more accurately, two scenes. Um, but uh, he does a great job in that one, too. So, But this one, he felt like he didn't really know what to do with the lines. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I quite like that. I, I like him more this time. Because I've seen this before. I like him. Yeah. His facial expressions change. Like when he's talking yeah. with a girl, with a doll, like he's, he's telling, he's talking about the horses, and he feel like when he's talking about the past, he's like very, he's much more cheerful. Yeah, and I, suddenly I, changes when, when you see that this is what drives him. When he's like, yeah. I'm going to have that farm back again, and he just becomes more aggressive again. I'll agree with you. The scene where he's talking about his past was really good. He did a good job there. Also, yeah. um, did you did I don't think you've seen this film, Marcos. But which one? Hen- uh, the the um, the one we're talking about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the girl that's super into him the whole time, which is my least favorite old movie trope. Um, okay. Is like girls who are like falling over, like you know, trying to get guys, and the guys like yeah. not interested. And I'm like, this is not how it normally. It's the other way around normally. Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on now. Um, well, then anyway, there's, this, there's some some girls will go in for some bad boys. It's... Yeah. And uh, he's a handsome character, handsome guy, and uh, yeah. So, so what? He's a robber, but I, I can actually see that. Yeah. Do you know yeah, where she's right. from? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is do you? Because uh, I, I unfortunately had to look it up because it was eating me up how much she looked familiar. So where's she from? She's uh, Lena Lamont in a Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Oh she's, yeah, I haven't. I haven't yeah, that. she's like kind of, I guess, the main antagonist of the movie. If Singing in the Rain has an antagonist. Um, yeah, yeah she, and she plays it, her voice is completely different because in Singing in the Rain the whole point is that um, it's about like silent era movie actors and sound has now come in and now they have to figure out how to like you know do voice acting <laughs> um, and like this girl who's like you know obviously she's very pretty very like old Hollywood kind of uh, you know beautiful woman but her voice is like horrendous so in this movie her voice is normal but in Singing in the Rain she talks like this the whole time <laughs> fantastic yeah I should watch that I think she's quite, a, quite an underrated actress because yeah. she's really good in this film and she, she actually movie, yeah. sorry if you hear like background noises my street can be noisy yeah. Uh, so yeah she is kind of like out in Singing in the Rain she has a that that specific way of speaking and in this mm-hmm. one she has like completely different accents yeah and she yeah. 
And I like the scene when she's crying and like a breakup is like it's not like classic yeah. Hollywood where they cry and nothing happens. I thought and that actually, was uh, actually pretty interesting. I was like, oh, that's I didn't the makeup and the that. eyelashes, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then she like rips her eyelash off, and I was like, what the fuck? That was already coming off. Yeah, I know, but still, I was like, oh. but like, and it didn't even cut to him for like a reaction or anything. It was just that was the end yeah. of the scene. Just rip the fucking eyelash off. Marcus, what did you what do you think of it? Well, I thought she had some type of weird obsession with offering him coffee. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining. I, for one, enjoy heist movies. I've seen a lot of them. Um, some of my favorite animated movies are heist movies, uh, such as Fantastic Mr. Fox is mm. one of my favorite heist movies. Really good. Um, I, I thought. So when the movie opened up, it felt almost um. It's Lynch mm-hmm. who does uh, Eraserhead, right? Yeah. So there's this there's a shot that he does in Eraserhead where uh you know it's kind of farther away and you just kind of watch the character walk, uh, basically it's like from a far perspective. I don't know what the technical terms of these shots are. Okay. I'm not a cinematographer, <laughs> but I I saw that in the beginning of the film and I thought it was very interesting. Like the shots that they had in this film, I thought were kind of kind of interesting. Not not like your typical shots at first, and then. I felt like halfway through the movie they gave up on on that that nice looking type of shots and they went back to being normal. But I thought that was pretty cool. I don't it think it's so much that it goes back to normal, but it it kind of um, you just you know I think I'm you saying, get right? used to it. You think I just got used to it? Yeah, cool. if that makes but sense. You know what I'm saying though, right? Like yeah. some of their shots were definitely different than some of the other movies we've seen from this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think the first the beginning this is a shot where the police car, the, the, the camera is just standing there and then it suddenly starts to follow the police car. That's yeah. quite groundbreaking. That's something you would see yeah. like late 50s. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I thought that was cool. It was, it was fun to watch. It, it reminded was... me of Touch of Evil, that scene, that little bit with the police car. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like the shots at the beginning of Touch of Evil. That's what it reminded me of, which is mid to late 50s. So. 50, yeah. yeah it's just, but yeah. also, yeah. Uh, I would even say that it, there's a chance that that was stolen from this movie because Orson Welles, throughout his career, said that he said there's no gr- director greater than John Huston. Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, you took quite a bit of emphasis in him. Yeah. That probably will, would be it then. Uh, but yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was great scene in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of following. You don't know anybody. You don't know what's going on. It's just yeah. silence. I wouldn't say radio silence because that's all we hear is the radio yeah. and dispatch. And I think it sets an interesting tone for like the beginning, almost sinister in a way. Um, and it was like it, automatically I felt a little suspense yeah. just by watching yeah. this cop car. And that could be because of the times we live in now and just kind of how pop culture views police and that could be influencing how I felt about the situation. Okay. Um, where we don't feel, you know, we feel a little uneasiness whenever yeah. we see something like that going on. Um, so it's interesting to watch it in, in a modern perspective, but I'm curious how the message was originally taken back in the 50s. Um, but anyway, uh, that's besides the point. I thought it looked very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed that, so... Uh, we get to our characters. Yeah, Dix. I felt like I, I agree with you, Reese. I felt like he was a little weak, um, yeah. especially seeing uh, the girl doll is uh, yeah. the girl who's obsessed with him. Seeing them side by side, I felt like she was felt like she was yeah. kind of outshining him in a lot of their scenes. Yeah, she, I, I think so too. Yeah, I, I was a good yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think th- think that side by side comparison is what made him feel a little more dull. Uh, 
but uh, overall yeah because i'd say maybe he he was a little bit better in the scenes where he was talking to like uh the other like the other guys in the The house but Uh i'd I'd say the the kind of stintedness of his dialogue or like like i said of like him in my opinion feels like he didn't know what to do with it like Mm -hmm. or how to deliver it like which i think is just Mm -hmm. odd mostly because it's john houston who's a really good director so i would have imagined he would have been like hey i want like i want you to what like this is the emotions your character's going through this is what you're thinking right now so i would have thought that he would have coaxed him in the right direction to get more delivery from him but then it's like okay so then maybe that was the what he was going for in which case Uh it just wasn't for me in a sense not in a bad way but just in a personal taste then because but that's just me giving a lot of credence i guess to john houston as a director yeah okay yeah go ahead go ahead oh no you go ahead i wasn't gonna say nothing I was going to ask what you guys think about the German guy, which made all the main brain you in mean, the operation. Uh, Henrik? <laughs> no, it's not. It, it Henrik. Yeah, I was like, is this why he recommended the film? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I liked him a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought he was he was one of the better, you know, guys who are like what, what do you call them? Like the brains, I guess you call them. I'd I thought he like was one of the better characters I've been like that. That I'd like to hope that I, that I'd have the balls to ask if I could smoke a cigar while being arrested. <laughs> well dude, it was just so I liked that scene a lot, by the yeah. way, the the scene that he was arrested, because he asked the question, you know, how long are you standing out there? And he said uh, about two to three minutes and he's like, oh so about the length of a of a phonograph, you know? And yeah. he's like basically it was like like, and yeah i I kind of took from that of like him being like oh so while i was having probably one of the best moments of of my you know older life um i it was actually already gone it was already taken away from me well i think it was i I took it like um like you know he had he had made peace with it because Mm -hmm. it was his fault in the end and he couldn't blame someone for, you know, screwing him over. He screwed yeah. himself over. And you know, I think that's why he felt better about it. Yeah. I don't know. But because uh, this whole thing, he's like, he doesn't trust anybody. He thinks everybody's screwing him over or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they did for yeah. the most part. I lo- I liked that that twist because uh, I, th- I was like, OK, maybe because it's a older heist film and it's or one of the first yeah. and stuff like that the the big twist bit isn't gonna be a part of it because when they when the guy already tells us he's like i'm gonna screw them over i was like all right well they've already told us the double cross but then instead of it being a stupid contrived other double cross it's just his double cross goes really fucking poorly and they go right so here's what you're gonna do for us now (laughs) because i really liked um the uh the um what's what was the character's name the guy who was fronting the money Emmerich. Emmerich, yeah. Emmerich, yeah. I liked his character. I thought he was thought he was kind of interesting. I like the he actor. Was, the actor did a really good job. Lewis Calhoun was he was like really good actor at the time he did some of stuff. That's part of one of his and the classic like sentence quote like crime is a left handed form of human endeavor. Like mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, that's a, yeah. that was a good line. You know what I think is funny though? Um because he is a good actor. Uh, I felt like he was too good for his character because his character had to act uh, cool like nothing was wrong, even though underneath he was very nervous and, of course, playing these shady uh, shady dealings, Yeah, um, trying to convince them to leave the jewels and everything. I was like, man, he is very convincing. He's doing a really good job maintaining a cool head while talking to these guys. Uh, yes um, and no. I feel like the, uh, oh, my, he died. What a shock. Like, it's just, you know, it's a bit, 
Well, that was bad. Yeah. yeah, that was. Also, I don't, was, I don't think he was that yeah. camp British, but I don't even know if he was British at all. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think, you, like, I really like the scene where he, where he's double crossing them. Yeah, because you can see he doesn't have all it takes, and as the scene goes more, it, like his voice keeps cracking a bit more, yeah. so he gets more nervous. And and it's just a typical speech of like someone yeah. just trying to like yeah. someone trying to double cross. Not well, I've never been in a high so double cross, <laughs> but of course, or so people know. Uh, but it's like it's like every time you've been with someone that's really not being honest with you, and you, you and they're not really good at it. Yeah. And it, may, it makes it very well like you know, since you mention it, you could leave it here. And at some point, you can start. You, you can get nervous, and that's why the other guy pulls again because, like, this is not, this yeah, is not working. He starts out. getting yeah. nervous. His speech, he, you can, at first, he had like the whole kind of beginning, this, the first sentences like planned, and then as the conversation kept going, you could see, like, because yeah. how good of an actor he was, like, him going, like, you could see his brain going, fuck, they, they haven't said <laughs> yes yet. I have to say more. And then he'd like said too much, so then he just backtracked to the, oh, well, it's your decision. It's, oh, yeah, it's up to you, you know, like, trying to just like be cool and like, bring it back down because like you said his voice was cracking a bit and it was like uh this is this is really this is good because he's just shit at this <laughs> that's something that john Houston does very well actually yeah. but uh and you guys seen the treasure of sierra madre i've actually i'll be honest i think this is my first john Houston film really yeah i've seen him in things like chinatown and uh and other side of the wind speaking of orson wells um, but I, I, uh, I've never, I don't think I've seen any movies that he's made. So the Sierra Mother film is like, he's okay. probably one of his best is, have you seen, seen it, Marcus? No, no, I haven't. I don't watch a lot of, um, older movies. So this is kind of where I'm starting. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I recommend that one. Cause that one, like, I remember watching it. I was like, yeah, younger. So like, really, so I'm, I'm a different, like, different, like I, I started watching films and really enjoying films, watching older films. Uh, and then. Sierra Madre, I went watching it. It's like, oh, if you both got it, it's okay. And then just like really dark film. And it's it, the, the movie starts with Emphy Bogart, another guy, like trying to get money from the guy that owns, owes him money. And he just goes on the same speech. Well, you know, I don't have the money here. And they just beat the crap out of him in the first, <laughs> like one of the first scenes in the film. Damn. And like, they're like, oh, these are not heroes. We're not like watching. And then Emphy Bogart becomes like this psychopathic character, which it's like, you're not ex- you're expecting like Bogart to be like the hero, like the. The, the jolly hood and stuff and it's like yeah he, get, he gets that really well like the whole criminal mind or thing but like just the you know the cheesy the, the petty thief and stuff and he does that very well uh, in, in this movie rather than being like aha like stick him up for her like <laughs> in previous like crime films so he gets like that very all of these characters like all of that like, interesting backgrounds like and, and bad backgrounds you know, they all yeah. come like from bad places and uh, I think the Sierra Madre if you guys like you guys need to watch it because it's a very very good film yeah um oh. you know we could uh watch another time Margos would be what? um Key Largo because it's John Huston as the director and uh-huh. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall who we really liked in um fucking that other movie that they're in that I can't remember the name of <laughs> where they met yeah. what's the movie where Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart met uh, Henry. To have and have not. Huh? To have and have not, yeah. Have say, it's, it's like, you know, Loki um, fucking Casablanca again. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah, like, like, yeah, the, the, the plot the of great the chemistry. Not. Yeah, to have and have not has the chemistry that I wish uh, was between Ingrid Bergman. Or, or, yeah, that's her name? Yeah? 
Yeah, you can remember. Yeah. And and uh Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they had that chemistry in Casablanca, I would think it's probably a perfect film. Yeah, you, you know that why this that chemistry was over the roof because like it was actually real. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, actually... yeah, that's when they met. Yeah, we we talked like about the that chemistry. in the, in our, like in our episode. Tracy and yeah. If you want to hear how we um you know what we thought of the film, please watch our episode um about to have and have not on the podcast. Yeah, yeah it's... in the past. <laughs> Yeah. That, one of the things I was saying Oz the other day is like yeah. the when 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 I when I recommended Oz this film is that quite a lot of John Huston films, not all of them, yeah, quite a lot is just all the characters, even the bad guys, the character because most of this film, Asphalt Jungle, most of the characters yeah. are just like criminals. Is is the fact that he humanizes them without like sort of trying to be preachy and justifying yeah. for anything. Mm. He just shows this is how people who do this sort of stuff, this is all they think, this is all their lives are. And I'm not trying to put anything down your throat. I'm just saying yeah. this is how they are. I'm just just for conclusion, like you can see that people are... Uh, it doesn't say it. Like, there's no reasons why they do it. This is yeah. how they think. And it's, it's human and at some point, even like when the the German guy, what's his name? Uh, can't remember now. Hen- Henrik? What was called? Doc. Yeah, the Doc guy. When Doc, he's, Doc even Henrik. When he, he was written. It's like, yeah, it's written something. That Reese is. No, it's not Henrik. Oh. <laughs> is it not? I thought it was. No, it's not. I swear. <laughs> it's a really long name. Anyway, but <laughs> it's like the whole film, like for, as as he, as he comes in, he's looking at the calendar with the girls. And it's just like set him up. Oh, he's just a dirty old man, like and stuff. But then yeah, at some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and uh, oh, not just like, give him credit. He's also very good at planning ice ball. Oh, maybe yeah, not so good. Yeah, yeah. But he, 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 and then at the end scene, actually, when uh, like his his expression when he's looking at the young girl dancing, there's sort of like a like a vying, like just he just he's, he never had like intimacy in his life. And there's like this, this like longing for something, and that's why yeah. almost in the end he just accepts his fate because like oh, you know that that was my downfall because mm. he just accept that's part of him because he he always like start, mm. throughout the film he's always talking about girls and then none of the characters like and he's like oh yeah we could go to Mexico City and just, like there's lots of girls there all the young girls yeah yeah, yeah that's a good point Them young Mexican girls <laughs> and. Uh, and I like the character. What's the guy that dies? The guy uh, that's a kid and such. And like that first scene, just establishing him. Like, I don't know. I kind of life. felt like he was the one character who there wasn't an, uh, like enough time for me to really care about him. I think he had the least amount of screen time to to warrant me caring about his death. And to be yeah, honest, you know, the second kid? I saw, the second I was like, oh, it's the guy with the wife and kid. I wonder if he's gonna die first. <laughs> And then he got shot in the middle of the heist. I was like, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, but like just some gun drop. Yeah, which was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> do, would, you, would you guys say that the heist scene was... Because this is my, I don't know, third time watching it. Mm-hmm. Do, do you say, say it was like, is it really suspenseful? Um, <clears throat> I, thought it, I thought it had some suspense, yeah. Uh, especially with the way that the... Like, I, I felt like after the heist... Um, like after the heist was completed, that's when it was mostly suspenseful because the cops yeah. were really cracking down on them one by one. It's like every knock on the door, you were like, "Oh, is that going to be the cops somehow?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's a good point. I'd say, yeah. I'd say the heist wasn't suspenseful because, in a sense, you kind of expected they were always going to get away, like, be able to accomplish the heist. Um, And it was just going to be the aftermath that was, because especially because you know about the double cross that's coming up. Uh You like you yeah. kind of expect they're gonna get away with the heist, or like they're gonna be able to do the heist bit to start off. It's the afterward that's gonna be complicated. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I, yeah, yeah, that's uh, all. No, I, that's fair. I mean, I, I was shocked by the dude's death, though. I didn't, I didn't expect anybody to die. I thought that I was not, like not until the double cross, at least. Yeah, I, I thought the yeah. scene where they go to at, like knock on the door and they're like, he's like, we want to speak to this guy, and they just like turn and they're like, well, he's kind of dead. And I was like, man, if they had planned that, like if he was actually alive and that was just like their fucking excuse and like the, yeah. the cops were like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And just like left. And then he just like gets out of the coffin. And he's like, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny, right? That'd be very funny. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, it's also one of those where unfortunately also because of the time period the movie came out, Hayes Code means they we knew everything was going to go poorly anyway in the end. Wait, what do you mean? Hayes Code in 1950s Hollywood, um, you could never show criminals um, essentially having a, something good happen from committing a crime. Really? Yeah. It was, a, it was it, You'd be censored and not allowed to release the film. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would say, yeah, but the, the thing with John Newston is like being very aware of the code, it would be able to like dance around it a lot yeah. and that's why no, yeah, his films are because he's even this around it pretty well there's a, the scene where um where the emmerich guy kills himself mm-hmm. i like that i like the, the the pieces of paper there's the details also just to show that he's a coward he can't even admit to his wife like yeah like, to, like and even write a note to his wife and he just like there's the mouth and then paper papers being well like in the dark background just being blown away by wind gives the impression of just blood just as he shoots himself and there's a in the treasure of Sierra Madre there's a famous scene where I don't know exactly what it is because I haven't seen it in a while but there's a scene where like characters decapitated but it's all given by just impressions there's a a guy with a with a machete just swings a machete and it's something off screen and there's like an object that's seen rolling down yeah. Like an innocuous object that goes rolling down to river and they just give an impression yeah they just cut this guy's head off yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. See, so I was curious about that, Reese. Like uh, about them not, you know, getting away. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. I wonder if that's like a thing. But I guess you confirmed yeah. it. Not only that, but um, it also makes sense with the original Italian job. They're yeah. left hanging. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, who knows what happens next? But yeah. they're on the edge of a cliff, yeah. so it can't be good. <laughs> no, hold on. He has an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no yeah was, uh, that was also the reason for that is um they they were like well we want it to feel successful but also we have to because of Hayes code end it on <clears throat> you know the fact that they, they basically are still fucked <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. but they could they could they could but we didn't show if <laughs> if the fucking giant birds that gandalf called or whatever they, they can get away they can make it <laughs> What? Get the, have Gandalf get the birds. Deus Ex Machina, man. Yeah, they're not a Deus it. Ex Machina. They're explained. <laughs> they're in the series. It, but it's like you know, you know why I'm saying it. Come yeah. on, I gotta explain myself. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's funny. it's just you know 
I, I, uh, when people bring up the birds in Lord of the Rings, I get very passionate. <laughs> Everybody likes to do it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what, use the birds. What, what's with the birds in Lord of the Rings? Also? Oh, you, you haven't seen Lord of the Rings? I've seen, but uh, oh. is it something Oz doesn't like about? No, that? it's it's uh, all the time. People like you know, I I I've heard people and I've seen <laughs> conversations on the internet of people being like, um, why didn't they just use the birds the whole time? Yeah. Um, to fly why didn't they fly fly with the birds to to fucking Mordor? And yeah, it's like throw the ring in there. It's like I don't know. Did you not see the fucking flying Nazgul's flying around everywhere every time they showed an establishing shot of mm. Mordor? All those fucking crazy demon birds that were in the sky in Mordor. Did you just not notice those every time they cut to Mordor? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point because I actually think. One thing I like, especially about Peter Jackson, then, because he's like he likes old classic horror films. There is this sort of an, an idea of like air superiority thing. So yeah. Mordor has air superiority up until the end. Yeah. That's why, yeah. Because yeah. even like when the birds do like the battle and the siege of Gondor, mm-hmm. they seem like to be doing like airstrikes, and it's filmed as if it were like an airstrike, like you know, yeah. like a. They Japanese even show that with doing, like, um, when when they're in the ruins of Osgiliath. When uh, the Nazgul arrive there in Osgiliath, uh-huh. in the second one, yeah. the end of the second one, they show like the 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 uh, the Nazguls that the kind of like you said air superiority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we do see that. Yeah, but it's just a funny thing to bring because, like we said, it is a very common stupid argument yeah. that's on the internet about it. <laughs> yeah, so I like to I like to bring that up sometimes, yeah. like shit like this, obviously. Yeah, it's also that the internet like. Uh, that's why my my greatest memory, not not greatest, my most prevalent like uh, memory from early days of the internet was just like, so full of stupid arguments for all kinds of things. <laughs> what about this? That everyone just everyone at forum just like go on a on a sort of a like echo chamber, like yeah yeah, yeah. and then at some point like hey, do you like this? No, because of this. It's like you just read that somewhere, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like the uh, fucking uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting little argument where he's like. Do you have any thoughts of your own, or are you just going to continue to regurgitate other things that you've read? <laughs> Dude, I got it. So, so since we're on this topic, Reese, yeah. have you ever read anything that made No, you... I've never read anything. <laughs> All right. Can you, can you read? Yeah. No. Can you read? Yeah. The only thing All I've right. ever read is Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, no. Um, have you ever read anything off the internet or something? Or it doesn't even have to be off the internet. It could be in okay. a magazine. Um, about a movie that you all of a sudden had a realization and you were like, oh no, now I hate this movie. <laughs> um, let me think about that. While I'm or thinking you can about hate that. just a scene. You don't have to hate the whole movie, uh, but like hating a specific part or I, scene. Or, or I'm going to think order. about it while I pee because I really have to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I guess we'll but in the meantime, you, or, or you could ask Henrik the question and he can think about it. All right, well. yeah. Henrik, yeah. same question. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I wasn't big. No, joking. <laughs> uh, right. No, so something off the internet that made me not like the movie. Yeah, like a, when you read like a comment or an explanation of something, um, and all of a sudden it made you see a scene or a movie in a different light, and you have you now enjoy it less because of it. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Um, 
but I don't want to be seen as because you know it's my first podcast. I've had, I have my reputation to keep, so I, mean, <laughs> I, I want to be seen as having no original thoughts. No, I think I, there's been situations where I've read something which bring out an unease I have about the film, mm-hmm. and uh, one yeah, the one I can think of yes, Love Actually, yeah. Oh yeah, because so what about that? So I remember Love Actually, and uh, thinking. Okay, this is like the combination of all romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff about romantic comedies I don't like. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's just, it's just like formulaic and, mm-hmm. and uh, what's it called? Uh, and, you know, just to follow the same structure mm-hmm. and uh, very commercial. Um, but when I saw, when I read that review, it was, it was just like the lady was saying, Love Actually is one of the creepiest films ever. Because, it, no, no, not creepiest. Actually, that's not the expression. She said one of the most unloved films, like un- films not about love, as in except for maybe the story about you, you've seen Love actually, right? No, I've never seen it actually. Oh, really? okay. So yeah. Oh, oh is great. Right? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. It, actually, yeah, yeah. It's, every time I'm with Oz with bars, he just he goes for a pee and just takes it like two seconds, like his <laughs> the capacity just. Yeah. <laughs> I hit capacity and then I I just exit immediately. And then uh, the problem is, is that I just reached capacity really quickly. <laughs> so, Love Actually, just quickly, it just, mm-hmm. except for the, the, have you seen it, Oz? Yeah, I've seen Love Actually. Yeah. So, except for the story with Martin Freeman, and I can't remember the actors, the the one that is a porn actors. Yeah. The porn actors, and they have, they do that stuff, and then the whole relationship is based on getting to know each other, and that's quite beautiful, and that's, yeah. that's the lady was in the article, and I was thinking, yeah, that's actually quite true. That's the only love story there. Because I hate the Laura Lini Rudy Santoro story. Mm-hmm. Why? It's a starting relationship, but he gets wants to get laid with her immediately to the point that he gets angry at her because she can't that night because she has to speak with her brother. Yeah, it's uh, fucked up. That's not... The, but that one's... Okay, so I, I would argue... Okay, so first off, I think <laughs> all of them except maybe the Kira Knightley one are about, like, love. Um, cause that one isn't about their love. It's not about her and, and the guy. It's about her love for her brother and what yeah, she's yeah, willing I, to I, sacrifice I understand for that, yeah. I think, and then Bill, like Bill Nye and his fucking band manager, like that's yeah, a that's beautiful cool, yeah. fucking story just about brotherly love, like love between two friends. Like that's like the yeah, movie no, explores different types of, of love and even just exploring like a guy who wants to get laid by random Americans in the States. Like that's that's his form of of uh, that's a type of love that they explore in the film. Um, you get like marital complicated love, which you know I I'm not a fan of how it ends of her just like kind of accepting that he cheated on her a bit and then moves on because um, it just makes her character feel a bit weak and that's shit. Um, you get young love mixed with a story about like father and son love, but in a complicated relationship of. You know, it's this kid that he, you know, was is the son of his ex-wife who died. Yeah. And now he has to raise his ex-wife's son. And, you know. yeah, I, I want to give credit to the film that because that's what the film is going for. And that's yeah. why when I, the first time I watched it, I, I enjoyed it. But when I, in hindsight, yes, because there's so many stories, they cannot really give too much depth to them. And some of them can out come out. Yeah. as a bit weird and it, it's yeah. like there's too much of the romantic comedy as a oh love is supposed to happen if you just fancy each other and there's nothing about like really getting to know each other and 
So what did you say, for example, that, because that's that's the one actually the, the biggest pet peeve is the Q Knightley story. Okay, yeah. Because that was that's... just a guy who's a stalker and kind of creepy. Yeah, and not just that. I don't even go that. It's just like, oh, people that oh, that's so beautiful because you said that. Yeah, it just destroyed one friendship and the Gurunaitli's relationship, right? Because now she's got to get mixed up because now she knows like her husband's new husband's best friend is in love with her. And uh, every time, every formal stuff they do, informal stuff, they get together because, you know, they're all friends, supposedly. <laughs> now she's going to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Right, and it just destroy that, and that's that's superficial yeah. bit that I didn't like about quite a lot of stories, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it yeah, I think that was my answer. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Reese, do you have a do you have one that has made you uh, dislike a scene or a movie? Something that you've read uh, that like changes your perspective? I don't think so. I think most of the time they improve. For me, like I go like, oh, that's cool, like a little fun trivia thing that I I just find out about and then I, I yeah. that, and that's because you start off just me. hating everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can't think of a trivia thing that made me go like, oh, that's not great. Like now yeah. you hate that more. <laughs> yeah. Outside of you know, Harvey Weinstein loved this film. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Do, do you guys do you guys have move the other way around? Like movies that you were you're like unsure, and then you read. A review of it or just an analysis of it and you're like wow these guys are right it's awesome yes um in fact this happened recently uh it happens on the podcast because me and reese talk about mm. our different perspectives on on movies and sometimes you know we we sway one one way or the other and um and for example uh we watched <laughs> reason i'm gonna bring it up okay. we watched uh we watched fucking llamageddon okay yeah and <laughs> I didn't think that was the movie you were going to bring up, but okay. No, Lamageddon, man. Remember, yeah. I, I had it down to, what did I have it? It was a fucking, like a two or a one. Yeah, you had it at and two. You made me, I think yeah, you brought it up made, to a three. He, yeah, I brought it up to a three because Reese explained a different perspective on how the movie could be taken. Um, because before I was just thinking they were trying way too hard to be bad, but when he had told me, he watched it from the perspective of the whole movie being... Um, uh, like in, like almost like a satire of making bad movies. Yeah. Essentially, uh, I, every yeah. scene is like, how can we make this as if we have no understanding of how movies are made? Like every scene yeah. is just tackled from it's. It felt felt to me like it was tackled from the perspective of you know when you watch the room and you see and you hear Tommy Wiseau talk about it, or you watch like a Neil Breen film and you hear him talk about how he's made the movies, and you can hear how much passion went behind it but they just had no concept of how movies were made and that's how lamageddon feels is like the the director sitting there going right what can we get wrong like not everything that we can get right but what what can we go out of our way to get wrong and that's what i felt like every scene was in lamageddon was get it wrong this like in in this scene <laughs> Cut! You didn't do it bad enough. Yeah. Re- re-roll, <laughs> or just like little things, like when when they the scenes that we talked about where he somebody would deliver a line and then chuckle themselves after the line, like the the idea that they just didn't do another take. You know, like uh-huh. <laughs> that's the take they went yeah. with. Like it, that's the kind of stuff that I I thought was good because it's almost like that scene in Ed Wood where like you know the fucking producers are there and he like calls action and the scene happens and like 
the one of the gravestones like falls over and like everything's <laughs> er, everything happens poorly and then he goes great cut print it <laughs> and then they're like wait that's the one you're gonna use he's like it's fine let it in post <laughs> <laughs> which back then was literally cutting fucking yeah <clears throat> yeah uh, film and like pasting and shit yeah so like it's just it it feels like that like that's what like every scene in Lamageddon, i just have this image of johnny depp being like cut print it it's fine we'll fix it in post <laughs> I, I know it's an actual story like that recent story there's a portuguese tv show uh which is quite it was quite famous at the time and it did launch quite a lot of actors which eventually became mm-hmm. like serious actors and all but it was just a kid's uh, TV show like high school like life you know like sort of a series of like high school kids mm-hmm. uh, with all their problems you know like there's lots of them and, uh, and to be like cool but, like like lots, lots of cool songs and stuff and some of the stuff was just there's, there's too much stuff to pick apart but one of the, I, I actually the cousin of mine who actually did a small part in it and I asked her like hey I don't want to like I know the guys you know that was a gig and you did that but mm-hmm. is it really as bad as and she's like oh yes <laughs> I just uh, I just wanted to do stuff because it was like interesting stuff and she, that's yeah. that's probably one of the only acting gig because she's more of a, a dancer so she did it as a dancer but uh, she said oh yeah there's a, a scene where the girl was like supposed to be pregnant and having a baby like was supposed like uh, about teen pregnancy like just, mm-hmm. I don't know sort of an important subject and they just did it like yeah it's just you know, lie there and just pretend you're having a baby. And she's like, I'm like 17. Like, I don't know. I don't know, yeah, just, yeah. You know, just pretend like you have a baby. And that's it. And then they just did one take. And even the, the girl, the actor, is like, is that it? Just one take? So it's like, oh, yeah. Why? Why? Do we need, do we need more? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Reese, just pretend like you're having a baby. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me tap into that. Like, let me get yeah. They were surprised apparently that like people did more than one take and stuff. Yeah. We just filmed it. There was no there was no bloopers in it. So that's that was it. Oh man, that's fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> so I think I have an answer for you know things I read making things so much worse. But I already mm. hated it to begin with, so it's kind of oh hard. no. Yeah, and what that's I, I think that's just season eight of Game of Thrones. Because like the more you learn about just the showrunners and like what they did like to the cast and like you know basically ignoring every concern that people brought to them because they just wanted to get the show done with but then when you know that the answer is just past the show show you can change showrunners like that happens in shows all the time but they had so much ego that instead of passing the show to someone else and say you finish it because we're going to go do star wars ha 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 that turned out well for them um (laughs) because because they wanted to just finish the show so they could do other things because they were tired of it at that point like that um that that it it, they they didn't hand it to somebody else they just went no we'll finish it we'll finish it poorly uh and rush it just so we can leave and say we did it and we were the showrunners the whole time and then, like, even worse is there's the the knowledge that when you find out, like, I mean, uh, so spoilers for Game of Thrones, like, even season four and five are a little shaky. They're not as, definitely not as good as one, two, and three. And then when you find out that, like, season, uh, that uh, apparently they, they, they set on record way early on, the only reason they wanted to do the show was they wanted to film the Red Wedding, because when they read it, they thought it was such a cool scene. And it's like, okay, so after the Red Wedding is kind of when the show dips a little bit <laughs> so basically they got to the scene they wanted to do and got bored uh-huh. but season season four with all of its a little bit of problems 
is probably one of the best seasons, even though season three is very good. Yeah. Dude. But yeah, that that pissed me off. Just learning and like, there's uh, interviews with them where essentially the, the character, the the actor who played um, uh, uh, Sir Barristan Sel- Selmy, he was like, he found out that he was being killed off randomly, and he was really upset and like, like yelled, basically had a long argument with them about how he shouldn't have been killed off. And mm-hmm. then there's an interview with them saying, oh, well, there was an actor, you know, when somebody was like, oh, do you think it's difficult killing off characters? And they were like, oh, well, you know, sometimes, you know, actors, they get upset about it, but that just makes us want to kill them off more. And it's like, fuck mm-hmm. you, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's it's so bad that that, that yeah. yeah, that one is the one where if you keep diving for you can just keep diving further and further and further into the uh, mess that was the behind the scenes for the last three seasons and just get upset because there's so much potential for that show to have kept going be great be fantastic and they just went ah that's now nah, never mind like even season five they just like decided to take out all the stuff from a dance with dragons that like expanded the story and just kept it started streamlining it to make it as simple as possible yeah that sucks <clears throat> i always I always hear shit like that about about like uh, tv shows you know like yeah. there's a lot of behind the scenes corruption and bullshit that goes on uh especially with the actors you know mm. um and it's just terrible it's just terrible it does it does tend to make you like kind of dislike something more even even something that you liked you yeah. can start to be like oh man like you don't want to support that kind of work ethic or anything like exactly. that happens yeah but what can you do when you when you actually do enjoy the story and the actors you know? <laughs> that's <laughs> i think so the big problem with game of thrones is because there's yeah. there's four to five seasons in there that are enjoyable and mm-hmm. it's hard to rewatch them because yeah. you yeah. go like well all of these plots who knows where they're, they're they don't go anywhere mm-hmm. all these things that were that are being set up in season one go nowhere uh, and we're not going to probably find out where they go in the fucking books because God knows that book's not coming out. It's been 10 <laughs> years already. It's been 10 yeah, fucking uh, years. How the motherfuckers not released a book in 10 years? I couldn't tell you. He's probably going to. Yeah, he's probably not going to. Because <laughs> even even then, if he even he if he releases the Winds of Winter, finally, when fucking hell freezes over, maybe that's the joke of why it's called the Winds of Winter. Well, maybe like, it's going to. Maybe it's going to end like Berserk and the writer's just going to die. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, like, yeah, he. So, even if he fins, finishes The Winds of Winter, there's still one more book. <laughs> he said there's going to be seven. After Winds of Winter is a dream of spring. And, I mean, if, if we have to wait another 10 to 11 years for that one, he's going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We'll never get a res- resolution to any of that stuff. Uh, Probably. Anyway, that, that was my answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. hope you enjoyed. <laughs> I did. I did. Now, oh, we. Uh, I don't our, think we gave uh, ratings. Is that what you're gonna say? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I was about to say that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratings. Yeah. Um, Henrik, since you recommended the film more or less, um, do you have a rating for oh, the Asphalt hey. Jungle? I, I never know what to say with ratings. Um, I would say depends. What scale is it? Uh, at a ten, uh, or you know, whatever scale. Say if you want, if you want to give it a grade, you know, F A to F. Go ahead. 
doesn't really matter as long as it kind of conveys your idea of what you think of the film. I would say around seven or eight for us, maybe seven for us for Django. Okay, seven as in is because it's highly original, Mm -hmm. but if I compare it to the greater works of John Huston, it just doesn't go down. So seven and a half, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Marcos? Yeah, you know what? I have to agree. It's definitely a solid seven. Um, very enjoyable uh, heist movie. Uh, holds up with some of the best of them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Uh, for, also, this is my first Marilyn Monroe movie. i never seen a Marilyn Monroe really? movie. Yeah, uh, so that was interesting. But uh, a lot of the characters were, were enjoyable. It was an ensemble cast, and uh, it, was, it was cool, man. Uh, I, think the, I think the ending was a little weak, where he just kind of dies in the horse field. It was a little, yeah. a little weird. I mean, it was, it was nice that he got to get there. There was a little bit of, uh, a little bit of satisfaction for the, uh, for the enemies. Or not the enemies, the, uh, the, the criminals is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was interesting because, like, you guys were talking about that clause, or not that clause, uh, the that, Hayes that thing code. Involved, yeah, the, the code, the Hayes code. <clears throat> um, he, like, he really, he really made these these cops and the detectives seem like bad guys mm-hmm. without actually making them bad guys. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was very, I thought that was very interesting because it wasn't exactly subtle, but you can tell, like, there, there was nothing they could say about that. You know, even though they were just uh, aggressively doing their job, <laughs> I have to say, something to say about that. But I'll let all say this rating first. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because uh, the the commissioner and everything was just fucking like Jesus Christ, man! Like it's insane. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is very dark, as in film noir, as in showing the cops, because you almost like feel like the heroes are mm-hmm. like 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 are the the bad guys. But yeah, yeah. When, the, <laughs> when the driver uh, attacks the the snitch, like. You feel bad for the driver. <laughs> yeah, like, I want yeah. that snitch to get fucking, you know. Yeah, you're like, oh, up. fuck that guy. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's really guy... weak. Is it like the way he's, like, crying? He's just like a, like, you know, just a weak mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, I give it I give it a solid seven for, for all those uh, points. You know, it's not the best heist movie I've ever seen, but it holds up, like, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think other films, especially Heat, uh, as the have done <laughs> the whole heist genre a lot more. But but uh, it, I would just say that on that, uh, that it is I carries very much the noir thing, as in this is this world and this is what they all live in. And like the cop, there's that justification in the end. Like yeah, we need despite all the corruption, we need to be here because life has happened. But you can see this is not a good thing because. It's not like he wrote, speaking of, about the high school, oh, I'm going to write the moralist story, because quite a lot of gangster films in the 30s were like that. The moralist story about criminals. Like, no, this is how it is, and I just want to show this as a tragedy, as this doesn't go and end up well for either of these characters at all. All of them in a downward spiral, and understand. I think that's, like, one by one, they're just taken out, and they all, they all end up badly, and it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so Reese. Um, so I'm gonna be the asshole here. Smooth <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'll g- I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. But it's what a- can it be in color? <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, it's not in color. Um, I mean, if it's gotta be black and white, it's gotta be French. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, what's the point? It's gotta be French, of yeah. course. Um, Fuck but it. no, I, I, it's a really strong six. 
It like uh-huh. it's very close to a seven, but I I wouldn't go so far as to give it a seven. I'm uh-huh. so sorry. But I, I, I don't want to go, go into your guys' podcast and say, no, you guys need to agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, so I think it just comes down yeah. to, I, I really like the characters, I really like the acting, but I felt like, yeah, it ended on a really weird note. Um, Marilyn Monroe, uh, for being, you know, it, obviously back in when this movie came out, she wasn't as famous as she is now, uh, or even at the time, like she wasn't as famous as she would be, because uh, it was very early 50s. But um like i thought she did a really fucking shit job in the movie (laughs) yeah i think her her acting was so bad and like yeah i just really didn't care for her in this movie because like i think she's hilarious in some like it hot i think she does a really good job in that movie Uh um well this is my only thing to compare her to so i thought she wasn't that bad well one day we'll do some like it hot and it's a you'll you'll fucking love it Mm-hmm. Um, even gentlemen prefer bonds she's so good in it she's so funny <laughs> but uh yeah so i i yeah i liked the characters i liked the plots um but i felt like toward the end when it was just kind of like one by one wrapping up all of them and how they failed it was just it, it becomes that kind of like um kind of like almost slog of going like okay well that guy now didn't get it so now let's watch the next guy fail and watch the next person yeah fail and watch that the... was a little bit of a slog yeah yeah so it ends up becoming just like you you know it's coming it's just how it's gonna happen and especially like you know it, it, it obviously couldn't happen at the time but in today's world you'd like maybe expect there's a twist that maybe one of them gets away you know uh-huh. but uh yeah i i don't know i i kind of just felt like uh that was the only thing that really kind of pulled it back for me uh but outside of that i really enjoyed it i really thought it was well shot well directed um Uh you know few edits that maybe i wasn't a big fan of but that's you know i think also a little bit of the time um and and a few performances that i thought were a little bit lackluster but okay okay so you gave it and i didn't really care for his big speech at the end where he gives the you know the ah yeah some cops are crooked and but if you know we weren't here to answer the calls who would Oh, you're talking about the, uh, yeah. yeah, the, the commissioner. But, but that's, sort of, that's sort of true, though. Right? It's, no it's sort of true, but, like, at the same time, I was like, all right, do we really need a fucking scene where somebody delivers a monologue about why this is okay? <laughs> I, I, I Actually, I like that, because that almost, like, justifies the whole thing, like, as in, it's almost saying that this is how reality is, and it's ugly. That's why the, the, even the cops don't, they don't, they don't look like glamorous characters, is what I mean. Mm-hmm microphone too close to my mouth uh it's it's like the even and it's just like this is how it is and quite a lot of films of of john Houston, i like that uh like he to the point i would argue he almost invented in a way because noir as a genre is not a genre a style it was a name given afterwards but it was like he was one of the pioneers of this because multi fucking is like that it's like it's not like oh we ride to the sunset and it's always nice and all good like the, the whole thing of the noir is just this like organic city like with these powers like the dark powers working and all of the characters even the so-called good guys are doing their best even yeah. sometimes that's badly but sometimes it ends up like oh okay even the cops like well you know just try to go around and Sierra Mile is a bit like that uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Passage is also like that. Uh, even like afterwards, like non-war films, like the what's it called? What's the one with Sean Connery and the Man Would Be King? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's almost like that. The movie starts with that speech, right, where the Michael Caine says, like, says to him, like, yeah, we are just scoundrels, but we're the guys who, who build the bloody Raj and we build the empire. Yeah. Like, so you guys be just take your like moral stuff away from it because, like an artist, is where we are. And almost, and then the rest of the film is just almost like a satire of imperialism. And yeah. it's just it. He can. He had like strong views, uh, John, but he don't read in this. Like that's the thing. You. You have to dig in through his films to see how he was just criti- criticizing quite a lot of the, the stuff. He, he didn't like to moralize. He just liked to show this is how it is. And then you think. And yeah, that's why I think I just. But maybe then the speech was also because he had to put there for the studio system to justify because most of the movie are criminals. So I have to justify <laughs> the cops here. But it just. He, he wrote the films into the code as in, yeah. yes, uh, this is it, but. You know, this is the best we're making because this is the reality of the world we live in. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, also, Marcos, great. that's why the 70s yeah. has so much uh, tits in the films, is because the haze went away and people were like, we can show tits now? And then the 70s oh, dude, happened. There is a lot of tits in the 70s. Yeah, yep. you're right. And it's, it's I, at least, I don't know if it's like a proven scientific fact, but. It's basically, well, it's kind of, yeah. you know, the the Hayes Code ended, and they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, we can show tits," and they went that's wild. Why, that's why I didn't like uh, what's it called, uh, Clockwork Orange as much as the other Kubrick films, because the good things in it were like a lot of it. There was too much distraction from all like, "Oh, nudity," because we can do this now. And like, yeah, there was uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm watching a, a like a really meaningful film about society, which still holds up today, and then with really amazing Kubrick shots, or I'm actually partially, uh, partially watching like an exploitive '70s film. Oh, which I can... if you want to see something exploitive, you need to watch like... Showgirls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Henrik, you and I have had this discussion before. I kind of feel like the nudity in Clockwork Orange is completely justified, and I don't, I don't get bothered by it. I'm someone who, if there's nudity in a film for no reason, I get annoyed. I think there's, there's, it's not for no reason in Clockwork Orange. So, so what's the reason of having a, like a nurse and a doctor having a sex scenes, and we can only see her new, not the doctor, but you see parts of her. Mm-hmm. Only to show the scene of him waking up. Can you not just say saying, "Hey, I'm waking up in a coma"? No, they have to put the thing where he's moaning and oh, but it's actually the the girl moaning and it's like yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that scene. Now. Yeah, that that was a bit unnecessary. Yeah, that literally that scene ruined the film for me because I was really? like, why? That was almost like yeah, the that was probably the most the scene I found annoying in a film. Like, mm-hmm. why is this here? Because uh, this is just I know that sometimes. Gratuitous nudity in some films, like you, yeah. Oh, we need to have a sex scene to establish this relationship with these characters. That's fine. And then, of course, there's some nudity, and like you can say, oh, maybe there shouldn't be nudity there, or maybe there should. That's more ambiguous. But just use it just to show a character waking up from a coma. <laughs> it's like, eh, okay, that's a bit long way there just to put that thing. Mm. I thought the weird threesome in that movie was kind of unnecessary as well. I didn't feel anything. Well, what the hell is it for then? <laughs> it was just to show that he's a void of moral, debaucherous character. Also, but at the same time, he's mm-hmm. not really because they showed some other more complicated emotions, like when he saved that girl from being raped by that rival gang. But that was for territory reasons. They're doing yeah, it on but... his turf. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a little more behind that, though. Okay. Also, in the uh, I, I don't like using this sentence, 
because <laughs> it, it the film should stand on its own. But mm-hmm. in the book, those girls are very, very young, and that's the point of that scene. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it does not translate well. No, it doesn't, <laughs> because they had to get girls of age, because, you know, it was a sex yeah. scene, so they had to get at least 18-year-olds. And then, yeah, that yeah. that is very, very terrible, if they are not of age. Yeah. Yeah, so... I but think yeah, so, anyway, the, yeah. yeah. So if I remember correctly. supposed to be quite young as well. You're actually supposed to be younger than seen in a film. Mm-hmm. in the book yeah yeah, yeah that's what yeah that's what i mean yeah so in the book they're they're all supposed to be very like i think like 13 or 14 yeah oh my yeah God. that is yeah. very young <laughs> yes yeah. um okay well i guess that makes a little bit more sense uh it's not a great scene though <laughs> no i mean i like the scene because i think it's funny like the sped up and then the music it's silly it's, it's very silly, silly. Yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's silly, silly film so like i just kind of i don't get taken oh, a, yeah. taken aback by any of that stuff happening in the movie because i just feel like it it feels really in universe yeah but i feel like the the, mo- the movie should have not been silly that that subject to me doesn't seem silly and from my, I, I need to read the book, but from my, what I heard from the book, it's not a silly book. It's mostly like Kubrick, like, oh, I'm top of my game, so I can do anything. So to me, it was actually probably my least favorite of Kubrick films. Okay. Yeah, hey, that's one of those movies where it's like you hear the behind the stories and you just kind of feel a little worse about the movie. Because, Rhys, you were telling me about uh, yeah. how he made that friendship with him. Yeah. And then just like, no, fuck off. Ma- Malcolm McDowell is, uh, I forget, I'll, I'll try and see if I can find the interview and send it to you guys. But like, there's an interview mm-hmm. with him where he said that. Uh, Kubrick basically befriended him and like they had really good times and you know would hang out after after work all the time and they he thought he was developing this great friendship and like would have fun every day like on set and like having a good time and then after the movie ended they he never really spoke to him again um, and he realized that he was just trying to get him to feel so playful on set like oh I'm just here with my mate like it's just I'm, I'm having a great time like basically to get that boyish playfulness out of him uh-huh. and like didn't actually have any interest in talking to him. It's very Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, it's very Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is that yeah. sounds like really crazy until you hear all the other shit that he's did in all of his other movies, and you go, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah. like uh, like the fucking the um the uh one of the army generals in Doctor Strange Love, where like his performance is so fucking over the top and ridiculous, and he was like, apparently every every like they do a couple takes, and he'd be like. I feel like you're just not getting the lines right. Do one take where you just go really over the top and flamboyant. That way you can just ground yourself in the next one. And he was like, yeah, great idea. So every once in a while, you know, he'd, he'd have, tell him to do a take like that. And then those were the takes that he used. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, I don't mind how he always as a person. I'm, I'm always very, I, you know, I know this is an issue today because some mm-hmm. people can't really separate but I, I don't mind how artists were in their lives I, I just appreciate the art that mm-hmm. doesn't mean I like the artist yeah. it's more like that movie well I always say the thing is like all Kubrick films it's it, there's quite a lot of his personality as in I'm just a human and just I'm just sort of uh, you know like judging all humans or just showing all humans in all the frailties from above here I get that feeling and sometimes it feels the the movies are like not that, I don't know they don't they, there's some humanity lost, but still, like some of them are amazing. And 2001 is amazing. Doctor Strange Love is amazing, and uh, yeah, it just to me, I maybe it was a bit overhyped. I think the the whole Clockwork Orange thing. Oh, it totally was. It was completely overhyped. Because <laughs> for my generation, everyone like you need to watch it. Like you will change your life. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, there's nudity. 
Like, there's some amazing stuff in it. The the first scene is a, a, like absolutely amazing with the mm. with the homeless guy speech. I, the, I would say that that shot. scene is the scene that makes me not like the movie a bit. <laughs> The homeless guy speech, because I'm just like, oh, do we really need a speech that sets up the whole film, like a little, like a little monologue to kind of remind us what to let us know what we're about to watch? Like, oh yeah, so powerful though. Hmm? It's so powerful though. Like, yeah. Apparently, I just don't like monologues. I don't like speeches. Well, you don't like it when people uh, tell you the point. Yeah, I don't like when people tell me the point, which is so anti Kubrick too, because he's so. Not telling you the point most of the time. Mm-hmm. Are you are you planning to watch Network on the, for the next film group? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it is heavy going on the monologues there, so if you oh, don't like that, no, stuff, maybe but not. <laughs> you, you should watch it and see what you think. Uh, but uh, it's it's very like Shakespearean monologues. Quite a lot of movies just written in monologues, but that's like the there's monologues that are done right i mean there's shakespeare monologues that are done poorly um most of richard the second um and there's monologues that are done well which is like you know hamlet and king lear have and and henry four as part two has some good monologues um and the fifth now you have some nice speeches there right yeah is henry is henry fifth the one that i'm thinking of that has the uh once more into breach dear friends yeah, that's Henry yeah, V. That's, yeah. that's a good one. And, and the fourth, I don't know. Anyways, but um, yeah, it has to be done, of course. But that's the thing. Yeah. The thing that with Network is that the gimmick of the film is that it's almost like playwright. Some characters just appear just to live one monologue. Yeah. But none of the monologues, the thing, if like, you watch it and you see what I think, the thing is like none of the monologues are supposed to be binding, as in you think that, oh, this character is going to say this, and oh, this is it. This is the point of the film, and then it's not. That's why I think it's uh, it's a good... So yeah, you're right. There's ways you people can do things, but the the, the opening one in Clockwork Crunch, I like because it just establishes that, and you have that monologue, and just immediately afterwards, the guy just beat the crap out of them, and I, <laughs> I like that. I like the fact that suddenly, boom, this is it. This is how it's going to be, and it goes out, but it's just some of the scenes just a bit of turn off for me. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we're reaching near yeah. the end of our podcast. Yeah, we're here. hitting the two-hour mark, so I guess we'll probably wrap it up. Um, thank you, yeah. Henrik, for joining us for this this podcast. Yeah, it was a it was a pleasure. It was really, really nice. If anytime you want to have me over again. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll get another uh, we'll get another noir or heist movie going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like one of my favorite genres or style. I don't know, I don't know what exactly noir is, but yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I love, probably Asphalt Jungle is one of my favorite, but yeah, I have others. So uh, anytime, but yes, yeah. Well, keep you on doing the bitch, good thing. I'm in. <laughs> have you, <laughs> so, uh, Henrik, have you seen that? Do you, have you seen that episode of Rick and Morty? No, actually, funnily enough, I've never seen Rick and okay. Morty. There's an episode where they make fun of heist movies. In like the heist genre, and it, it just perfectly encapsulates why I don't really like heist things. Uh, well, Reese, we're watching a heist movie for the next fuck. video. So. <laughs> it didn't. It did, can be Ronan. It didn't oh, like we need to this. Okay. Yeah, we need to discuss at some point, even after this, why you don't like heat because. Uh, I don't know. That's it's like one of those things that uh, I thought everyone was supposed to like. 
Yeah. Well, um, I'll tell you what. I'll suggest it one of these weeks. He'll <laughs> <laughs> have to watch it. Fuck me! It's like two and a half hours long. I don't want to do that again. Uh, oh my god! Is it really? Yeah, it's a lot. I think it might even be a long, three yeah. hours. To be honest, it's wow. a long one. Yeah, oh, it's awesome film. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Al Pacino not giving a shit the entire movie. Uh, Robert De Niro just fucking kind of trying to give a shit, but like having a really crap script in front of him, so he doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, and well, a, a bunch of random shit that's really unimportant. And yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll go into it maybe with yeah, Henrik. We'll go in a drink sometime, and I'll tell tell you why I don't like it. But he... oh, this is why Oz Oz and I are friends because we have this serious disagreements with stuff. Well, he's saying this in my mind, like oh oh. Oh, and the hell does he just? Yeah, I didn't watch the same film. Is like, was he sleeping <laughs> through it? But then we go out for drinks and we say this to each other. And then I say another film that that I hate, and he goes like, "Oh, you know what? Like, you don't like that film?" Like that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how me and Reese were uh, when we first met too. Uh, he hated me. <laughs> it, it is, I can con- <laughs> confirm. Uh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. The, we didn't share eye to eye on a lot of things, but. Uh... We we found our places where we agree. If if I can defend well myself, it it was mostly because you stole my girlfriend at the time. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, you can't really steal a girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, we can go into this debate. <laughs> we could. I mean, dude, I didn't start talking to her. That's all I got to say. She's yeah. She's okay, no, that's that's fair. That's true. Yeah. So I didn't steal. And you didn't know me enough at the time to be like, maybe I shouldn't, you know, go after Yeah, this exactly. Guy. I really, yeah, yeah, I did. You're like, I, like, I don't oh, know this okay. fucker. Take his girlfriend, it's fine. <laughs> no, I didn't fucking. I didn't follow any bro code, if that's what we're going yeah. at. <laughs> yeah. Not to interrupt the millennial debate there. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the the thing, yeah, Oz, when I met you, actually, yeah, you, you keep calling me Reese. Is it like more common Oz or Reese to call you Oz or Reese? Uh, in the I, States, most people call me Reese, but over here I will go by Oz because I'm tired of the uh, discussion of, hi, my name is Reese. And they're like, oh, how do you spell that? And I go, R H Y S. They go, that's the Welsh way. And I go, yes, it is. And they're, I'm like, why? They're like, why? And I'm like, because I'm Welsh, hence I'm in Wales. They're like, but you're American. And I go, yes, I have dual citizenship. They're like, do you have an accent though or uh, like an american accent i'm like yes i do have an american accent because i grew up there and they're like oh so how do you have dual citizenship because my dad oh does he have an american accent no he's a welsh accent because he's welsh as i just said <laughs> and i That's have that ar- that discussion like all the time <laughs> it's the one thing i don't miss about being uh like going out you know during covid uh-huh. you know so I, the- yeah <laughs> When I first met Oz, then uh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't hate him. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're glad to know that. I, no, I you. thought you were, a, you were a poor magician. How dare you? Because <laughs> I was, I was not a poor magician. I was a drunk magician. There's a difference. Yeah, you know the magician. You, you, yeah, you need to do your tricks when you're like fully confident. You're not gonna like people. They're gonna no, work. No, the problem you know? is, is that I'm fully confident they're gonna work, and then uh, uh, fuck up because I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you find some of the greatest musicians in the world. Yeah, they, they usually don't. Nah, I'm joking here, but yeah, it's. Uh, I remember that that was my, my introduction to yeah. Oz. Was like he started doing magic tricks, but he was drunk. Like, and now this is gonna. So, what's your card? And we said something like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Uh, speaking of magicians and heists, Reese. Uh, no, we're not do doing fucking. Now you see me. If you say now you see me, I will fucking end this podcast. This will be the last episode we ever air. <laughs> Those are not good movies. No. <laughs> and the, you know what's the most aggravating thing about the those fucking movies? What? Is they didn't name the second one, Now You Don't. 
Yeah, they said now you see me too, right? Yeah. There's literally just two. <laughs> There's literally an end to that sentence. There is, yeah. Name your movie the end to that sentence. <laughs> even 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 double bill it. Name it now you see me too. And then like comma, and now then, you don't. Now you don't. Yeah. Like <laughs> at least be, I, I saw the when I first saw the trailer from Mamma Mia 2, I was like, oh fuck, they made another one. And then underneath it said Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. We go. And I went, you know what? That's so fucking funny and clever. I'm okay this movie exists. Do I feel that way about now you see me too? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair, one of the most horrible things happened to the industry industry was when uh movies started to be named like sequels as two three four yeah it's like oh, okay, it's yeah. just makes the whole i know they're commercial but it just makes it feel like you know just yeah. so the popping sold out of them i thought like i even when the godfather did that it's like i know the godfather they're, they're all good films mm-hmm. but i don't like that they're called part two and three it's even just call it volume it's yeah. part two or uh, even like movies i remember like the trailer for basic instinct 2 People laughing in a cinema. Basic instant do. Yeah. It's like what? They're gonna they, like be in space now, and I don't know. It's just. <laughs> it's uh. I I'm glad that early two thousands they started doing, like movies again, and you know getting yeah. titles. Especially, I like when I do the 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 title and then have the the. Just like a subtitle, like like you say, here we yeah. go again or something like that. Yeah, like that subtitle is fine, but no. No, they didn't. They just went, now you see me too. Great. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. ah. Makes me, it makes me really, it boils my blood. But it sounds like you watched them. No, I've seen the first one, but I've not. Oh, but you I, didn't watch the second one? I did not watch the second one out of, out of just, just pure rage about the title, if I'm being honest. <laughs> all right. Well, I would I sooner watch Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> yeah. That was a pleasure, guys. Oh, hold on, Marcos. It's what? your movie next week. What's the su- suggestion? Oh, I said Ronan, didn't I? Yeah. If you want to, if you want to keep 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 up with us, uh, we doing Ronan next week. Hold it's on. Another type of what? Ronan with um fucking okay with uh, John Reno and Robert De Niro, yeah. Yes. Yes. And Rhino and and Scene Bean. And just... <laughs> yeah, let's see if he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a very large suspicion that he will. Yeah, that he dies. But only yeah. just because I've seen the statistics of his films and how many times he's died, it's safer to bet that he will. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That's insane, dude. Like, yeah. why do you keep taking these roles, man? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's even said like, "Oh, I'm not going to do movies anymore where they kill me," and it's like, but you're choosing the roles. It's nobody yeah. else's fault except yourself. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah, you die, but you don't die till the end. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess that'll do. Yeah, I mean, even Game of Thrones season one, like, come Dude, on. Dude, yeah, that made me sad because I really liked his character. Yeah, his character <laughs> is, is good, and yeah, you feel the kind of loss of him throughout the whole show, especially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is good because you, you, yeah, Rob taking the mantle of King in the North and kind of being mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, uh, better try and be like my dad. And like, mm. you know, yeah, all that stuff. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, Rona yeah. next week. Yep. Cool. Rona 1998. Next week, you want to keep, keep up with us. Yep. And it's got uh, Robert De Niro and... Uh, and Scene Bean. And, and Scene Bean. And, oh, sorry, uh, Sh- Sean Bond. Sean Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Have you never heard people say this? <laughs> no, but it's like it. Yeah, that I, I I always I have like most of my friends I refer to him as as either Scene Bean or Sean Bond. 
<laughs> because it keeps it the sense. phonetic consistency with his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go go recover. Unfortunately, off. Camera. All right. All right. <laughs> See y'all next week.